Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Cast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortem Cast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. That'll be my first son's name, Narragansett Tom. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rose Mortem Podcast. The only I don't know. I didn't prepare anything. Uh, I'm Tom. (laughs) I'm Travis. Hello, I'm your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. All right. So, uh, I'm not embarrassed. No, it's your podcast. Why would you be embarrassed on your own podcast? It's okay, because it's a weekend. I'm not supposed to remember anything. Yeah. It might not be Is a weekend right? for the listeners. I don't know. It's probably Thursday afternoon on your drive yeah. home from work. Your disappointing job. How was your Thursday last week or any day during last week for that matter? <laughs> yeah, great question. Mike, why don't you start us off? What I did last Put Thursday? Well, you know, any day. How was your week, Mike? That week. Oh, uh, that's all right. I went, I went surfing yesterday. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on a minute, dude. Hold on. Wait, you surf too? I tried to. Like,. Dude, you kickflip, and you're like, yo, man, like, I just got scrawled on a kickflip, and yeah, bruh, not like surfing gnarly with Yeah, I was like, I was screaming Mahalo and Shaka, brother, the whole time I was hey, surfing. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Can't break your teeth on the surf. It, like, I'd try and stand up on the wave, and I would just front flip into the water. <laughs> Maybe you should try out for uh, Circus Soleil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who was uh, it? Was there Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and then it was like Jelly Kelly Ripa, Kelly Ripa, no. pro- <laughs> Car- Kelly, Kelly Ripa's Pro One Piece <laughs> bathing suit competition. Oh, that's lovely. I feel the One Piece is underrated. I always call uh, Kelly Slater uh, Jelly Slater. How often do you say that? It's all the time. I was saying it yesterday in the water. I was like, oh, I'm Jelly Slater. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Is that because you're making other people jelly? Or are you just jelly that you're not Kelly? No, I was just nervous in the water. I was trying to make friends. All right. Oh, you can just pee right in the salt water. It works perfectly. That guy keeps flipping into the water saying jelly. Arrest him. <laughs> I don't want to be his friend. This is disgusting. Yeah, what is this fucking weirdo doing? There's children around. Uh, I was banned from the beach. <laughs> so who else had weeks? Cody, how's your week? Uh, I was 
uneventful. I was just you had a Naruto sandwich, right? No, I had I I, I was eating spam musubi. I was telling you earlier, and oh. you didn't know it. No one knew what it was, so I, I'd figure I could use this opportunity to uh, educate on Hawaiian fine cuisine. Okay, so what it is? It, it, it's it's fucking spam that's wrapped in seaweed with rice. And you don't need any fucking utensils to eat. And also, there's a dash of furikake on it. Does any, who knows what furikake is? It's when your your hair no. grows up your shaft, so your oh, your man. cock is furry. You know how you have your fursona? Well, your dick also has a personality, so you're furikake. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my penis is actually yeah, okay. a, a fox's penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's barbed. It's, it's just fish spices. Oh. Gross Pacific fish spices. So Do you put the all spam? these gross things together, and you get like a little nugget that's wrapped in seaweed that you can eat without any fucking utensils, and it's deplorable. It so it's like a dollar ninety nine. It's like a sushi hand roll. Yeah, it's but with sushi spam. with spam. Yeah, it, 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 it's not a roll. It's rectangular, so it, it 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 jives with the shape of the spam. Is it raw spam or they grill the spam? Uh, there's no such thing as raw spam, Mike. Really. Oh. It's all cooked. Once they jam the pig jelly in there, they cook it in the can. And oh. that's when it becomes spam. So if you're eating raw spam, that's just Normal? pig chunks. Oh. It's like when you get a hot dog. Hot dog's already cooked. Exactly. It's all the way cooked. I mean, it might be wet and slippery, but you can throw that down your gullet. You're going to be fine. Not like ah. a seagull. I've seen it. I, rec- yeah. I recommend if you're eating raw or uh, like cold hot dogs, just to do it without chewing. Oh, like in the eating contest? Suck it. Are you cutting it in half? Or you Don't get in water and suck it in. <laughs> suck yeah. it in. Just get it right down. Eat the bread afterwards really fast. <laughs> yeah. Eat yeah, the bread up. to commit to the we bun. We have time to heat the bread up. We don't have time to eat the hot dog up. Yeah, the toasted bun with your wet <laughs> fucking noodly. Dump the bread in the water, your, too. Your tube steak just ready to ride. That, that's, that's why you eat the hot dog in one bite, so you have enough time to cook up the bun. No, not one bite, no bite. All right. Okay, I'm enough sorry. on this. I can I confuse that. <laughs> Travis, how's your fucking week? My week, I'm still adjusting over here in Portland, and I just realized something. You know what? Uh, I'll take uh, West Coast sourdough bread over bagels any day. New York bagels? Traitor. That's fine. New York, New York bagels. bagels. I always knew you were a pussy. Traitor. I always no, knew. No, fuck, fuck bagels. Fucking sourdough's where it's at, dude. Sourdough is supreme. I kind of want some from over there. I went to the supermarket. I just bought like two loaves of sourdough. I've just been eating sourdough bread. Great. Now, anything you're a it? disgusting animal now. Sourdough represents perfection. No, it doesn't. It, it represents <laughs> a bunch of dirty loggers. No, <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, or just down. perfection. <laughs> it's bread done right and sour. I'm not saying I don't like a lager, you know, because I live in a house that happens to have wood in it. But no, yeah, me too. <laughs> you can put any look on a on a bagel. What can you put? Cream cheese, maybe some locks. You put whatever you want. On Bacon, a sourdough, eggs. you put whatever you want on it. You can put hash right. browns. This is the dumbest thing you've ever said on this podcast. You can put <laughs> whatever the, on yeah. both things. That's not, not just two pieces of bread. That is not true. Pizza bagels are illegal everywhere <laughs> in my world. You know, okay. like, I mean, there's the asterisk I was looking for. So there's there's Travis. Uh, he's had a very sick week, very mentally <laughs> ill, depraved not, carbohydrate. Not, All right, man. Whatever. Tom, what Tom, about how you? How's weekend? How's your week, Tom? I'm, I'm going to keep up this food trend. The other day, I, <laughs> I went out to a place called Brew Cheese, 
And uh, it sounds delicious. I've been there. So good. <laughs> it's really good. But like, uh, I went with Gab and she, she was telling me what it was. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's just beer and cheese. And I'm like, that's my anus. That's my anus going out the window. Um, so, but I got there. It was really good. But then on the way home, I kind of like had this thing for dairy. I was, I was a, I was a, an Amish man when wow. I left. So I went to a store and I picked up ice cream. And I got a, a company called Serendipity. Now, they make an ice cream that's hot chocolate flavored. How is it? Well, let's put it this way. I ate the whole thing in a sitting, and now I'm a fat lesbian. <laughs> oh, you got you to gotta be careful with that one. Wait, 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 wait. What makes hot chocolate any different than this regular-ass chocolate ice cream? They did it. They did it. It tastes like hot did chocolate? Did it taste like hot chocolate? <laughs> yeah, it did. There's marshmallows in it? Yeah, like the, uh, the cream, there was like chunks ah. of chocolate in it. I'm like, I don't even eat sweets that much, but I was just like, I got so hopped up on dairy. Yeah, it's a little atypical ah. for you. Yeah. So, you uh, can, I squeeze those, can I squeeze those nips? So, see if they got any juice in them? What's it like being a lesbian now, Tom? Well, I'm, all right, so to answer both of your questions, uh, Travis, yes. Consent, 100%. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, to you, it's great. I drive a Subaru. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything is peachy. Yeah, they're women who are into chicks. Come on, yeah. love lesbians. That's pretty hot. Worlds. All right, if you're a lesbian, it's probably state mandated that this stuff is in your freezer. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it, it, it's state woman dated. Woman dated? Ah, yes. Yeah, you see what I did there? I see. Let's start an episode, please, I, for fuck's sake. Hey, Cody, who's on the Chopman's dick? Oh, there is a very special boy on the chopping slab today. Someone close to my heart. Someone I. I I used to adore and love and appreciate. Today we're doing Charlie fucking Chaplin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was Hitler's older brother. Dude. <laughs> so many things in common with Hitler we'll get into later, but... Wait. Yes, he's the silent movie guy that looks a little Hitler-ish. Yeah, I was gonna say he can't talk, right? Uh, his character, his most beloved character, the lovable tramp, does not talk with very no, but like few he exceptions. can't talk because no one actually spoke before. Uh, you know, I don't know, 1930 was Wizard yeah, of Oz. Yeah, yeah. His only piano noises back then. Yeah, yeah. he was a rag. You'd open your mouth. <laughs> You'd open your mouth, and pianos would come out. <laughs> yeah, just entire baby grands <laughs> would just spew out from Charlie Chaplin's mouth. Oh yes. Okay. So, Charlie Chaplin, I thought this was going to be a standard actor gone fucking Hollywood debacle, but there's so much more fucking meat on this bone. I was totally surprised. We got shotgun weddings in Mexico. We got terrorist assassination plots. We got statutory rape. We got bogus paternity suits. We got a ringworm infection. We have grave robbing in the mix tonight, gentlemen. What? Yes. He's (laughs) he's a fucking crazy little guy. All without saying a word. He said yeah. words. It was just his fucking character. One of his characters didn't say words. With a small exception, we'll go over. Wait, when you say words, you mean piano. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you get it straight, uh, Mike. You? I missed out. Fuck. All right. First and foremost, before we start anything, I want you to know he's dubiously estimated to have over 2,000 sexual partners over his lifetime. He referred to his own Pinor as the Eighth Wonder. And he would even be able to father a child at the ripe old age of 73. Oh, dude, that's so, it's never too late. Yeah, so he fucked good. That's hard cum. That's crusty, <laughs> old, congealed cum. No, I don't think that's crusty. I, like, I agree with you, Tom. I think it's when you're expired. seven years old, your cum is like, your sperm is at its buffest. Like, that's like a, 
It looks oh, like yeah. Hulk Hogan in his prime, you know? Like, like oh, muscle sperm. Yeah, it ages been, like wine. It's been doing push-ups all day. So, Charlie Chaplin probably got a fat old gigadong that's lanky enough it probably needs its own elbow. But I can't shake this fucking hilarious imagery of his pubic hair just being the toothbrush mustache. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I can't decide if it's funnier above the dong or underneath the dong. On the side. I think underneath the dog. No, on the sack. Yeah, just, yeah. Wait, what do you mean on the side? No, on the sack. Oh, on the sack. I thought you yeah, said on the, the sack. Side. Like, above, like the, his, above the shaft. Like his dick is the nose. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's the funnier thing, right? That would be really funny if it was on the side, though, because it would just be a toothbrush. <laughs> it would just be like, I was just like, Mike, a side mustache is called a sideburn, but we can uh. go from there. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Born... April 16th, 1889, in South London, to a mentally ill mother and a drunkard for a father. By 1891, Charlie's parents were estranged, uncooperative, and less than in perfect financial shape. Charlie spent most of his childhood days with his crazy-ass mom in London. So, like, when you say uh, mentally unstable mother... Yeah. Is that just, like, normal... Uh, for the day, maybe I don't know, but like in my research, it was like pointing to probably schizophrenia. So yeah, normal par for the course. I got I got two pints of orange juice. I will sell you seven crab claws for one piece of coal, so we can get through the winter. Yeah, that's exactly how that goes. Like that type of shit. Yeah, that 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 breed of crazy, Travis. Constantly yelling out the window. Yeah. <laughs> screaming to the alleys of London. Well, no wonder her husband was an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Due to being unable to support Charlie, Mummy Dearest had to put him up at the Lambeth Workhouse. And for our American viewers and whoever's listening, a workhouse is pretty much a poorhouse that is designed to be uncomfortable and fucked up as to deter freeloaders. So, like, they'd, you'd come in, they'd feed you, but they'd also put you to work. So, like, the freeloaders would stay away from the uh, free lunches. So they're getting, like, uh, free labor, pretty much. For, like, food and shelter. It's like prison, but you don't, like, not really there for bad things. But the only thing they have them doing is painting. People painting all the time. They're losing square footage because they keep painting the walls. Just painting all the walls white. Imagine the Oliver Twist scene where he's like, Morsa. (laughs) So, after the Lambeth Workhouse... Charlie would enter the Central London District School for Poppers, and that's a pretty fucked up name. For Poppers? For Poppers. P-A-U-P-E-R-S. Oh, Poppers. What yeah, that excuse mean? my Chicago accent. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Poppers, the shit that you sniff up your nose. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't think about that, but no, Poppers <laughs> as destitute little boys. Again, uh-huh. think Oliver Twist. All right. Now, the unsanitary conditions led to the aforementioned ringworm infection, where Charlie humiliatingly had his head forcibly shaved, and he cried like a bitch afterwards. I mean, it's better than chemo. Yeah, you, you do what you gotta <laughs> do, but I would have fucking loved to be that guy to, like, wrestle Charlie down and fucking pin him and just shave his little childhood actor head. He's, you, he's not acting yet. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah, why do you want to do I, that to I, children, dude? I want parental permission so I don't feel bad, but I still want the kid to put up a fight. So I'm just like, All this right. is for your own good. Can I fight your kid? Dude, this show took a real dark twist. <laughs> right no. Yeah, I don't know. 
We talk about dead people. It's dark from the beginning. Uh, this was the standard image of the school of hard knocks. It was the type of school where you would get smacked around a little bit for writing with your left hand, which Charlie was. All right, governor, what hand are you using? <laughs> hey, in it? Get out of here. That's the devil's uh, hand. It is. Oh, all right, bruv, you're out of here. Get out of here, bruv. Don't have to leave. <laughs> Throws him out of a fourth-story window. Oh, I love, I love when... Uh, I, I don't love any of this. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> this is a little bit of a four. This is a little bit of figurative foreshadowing because this isn't the first and only time Charlie would quote unquote get in trouble for being lefty. We'll talk about that later. It was hard back then. He's cranking it lefty. He's cranking it lefty, and that's a bit, that was a no no for uh, the school of hard knocks. They want hey, you I crank to it do lefty. everything. You just sit on your hand for a while and crank it lefty. Ah, the stranger. <laughs> Where your yeah. hand falls asleep and you give yourself a hand job. Is that why yeah. you stopped driving stick? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The stranger. <laughs> now, his parents, Charlie's parents, would hesitatingly juggle juggle taking care of him depending on their personal health issues, whether it be mommy's psychosis or daddy's cirrhosis. Dad's got it easy. Yeah, he's, he's not having... Uh, well, maybe he is. What's I was going to say he's not having imaginary conversations, but he could have been that type of drunkard. What's his dad's name? Uh, Charlie Chaplin Sr. Oh, Charlie. Charlie, it's your turn to take care of little Charlie. Oh, I don't know if I can. I'll call you back in a minute. And then he just runs to the bar and gets fucking hammered. And he's just like, I'm very ill. <laughs> or on Naganzit, right? Uh, Narragansett. Oh, I, I got to learn how to say the thing we're trying to get sponsored by. Fuck. Beer of the Clam. Just for yes. a transparency's sake, they don't even know we exist, so we should really no. push this hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. So this dodging, taking care of Charlie would continue until Charlie's dad would die in the turn of the century, 1900s, due to drinky liver troubles. The ultimate dodge. Yes. <laughs> I don't want my son. Gulp. Uh, Wait, he turned all yellow and shit, and I got uh, all pickled and gross. He turned more <laughs> yellow than an Asian Homer Simpson. <laughs> That's a good and, one. That's good, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And Charlie's mom would go in and out of mental hospitals and eventually die in 1928. So 28 is, you know, fucking quarter of a century and change off in the future, but she's really out of the picture. So Charlie's just kind of doing the orphan thing at this point. All right, Cody, uh, I totally listened to everything that you just said, but uh -huh. are Asians on The Simpsons purple? Because mm. it wouldn't be yellow. They're, They're actually white on The Simpsons. What a fucked up weird world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> world of Matt Groening. Your boy Charlie so, uh, dropped... His, wait, his mom's dead now. I'm, I'm really listening. <laughs> yeah, you, his mom's... His mom's out of the picture. Struggling with the disease that will eventually kill her, but keep in mind she's out of the picture. Okay. At this point on. And with, you know, no one looking after him, Charlie dropped out of the school at the tender young age of 13, naturally trying to make it big as the thespian he would become. As a teenager, he'd bag various supporting and bit roles, and his employers described him as a pale, puny, sullen-looking youngster who looked much too shy to do any good in theater. Get off yeah. the stage and, and strap yourself up, baby boy. You're going for a ride. Lather yourself in cellulose. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was explosive back in the day, right, Travis? Lather yourself in it and then light some matches. <laughs> At this point in time, Charlie tours America early in the century to capitalize on the vaudeville and slapstick scene. 
He's better building up his actor chops. Young Charlie used to have a bad habit of spoiling a slapstick payoff by unintentionally anticipating the physical punchline. So he would, like, wince and brace if he was going to get hit, and it would just, like, take all the tension out of the scene because the the viewer could anticipate, like, oop, something's going to happen to Charlie. Dude, he's, he's, ba- he's breaking kayfabe all the time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good, nice way to put it. He's breaking kayfabe. Uh, he's taking this shit seriously, though, and he's getting better, and he is refining the skills that would make him the amazing actor that we all know and love today. Mm. Now, New York film group called Keystone, I think they're around today still. I believe so. Yeah. They make a great beer, Keystone. <laughs> not, not that one. No, Wait, no, I no, can't say that. We're talking about Gansett. All yeah, right, we're never talking about Narragansett, and uh, I'm going to edit that out of the episode. I can't believe you would do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keystone, the not beer, casted Charlie as a happy-go-lunky drug- drunkard named the inebriate Swell. <laughs> right? Swell? Swell. Hey, how'd your dad die? Alcoholism? How would you like to be named the inebriate Swell? Like your dad's liver. <laughs> oh my god, I, I just realized that too. Like Charlie thought the work for Keystone was a crude melange of rough and rumble, but... Like any good master class actor, he sold out when decent money entered into the equation. Roughly a weekly paycheck of 150 bucks. You, oh, that's good, and you should always sell out. Always yeah. sell out. Narragansett. Uh, this is now 1910-ish? Yep. All that's right. a lot of money for back then. It's good money. There you go. Yeah, I'm just so, saying. I think the uh, moral of the story: if you're a young and child, if you've got, you're, you've like got. Oh, I might not be able. I'm, I might have to order a cheesy roll up at Taco Bell. Ugh. Those are tasty. Guess what? Sell out, and then you can get that Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Also, way too early for a moral of the story. We're about a quarter way through this tale, dude. I don't give a. Sh- I do this. morals of the story. I do when I'm walking to work. I do morals of the story. <laughs> I like I go into a, a Walgreens who? and guess what? Moral of the story: uh, drink more Diet Coke because it's healthy for your brain. What? I don't know. So look at Cody; All he's right. drinking Diet Coke. Smart boy. <laughs> Whatever. The 24-year-old Charlie would dig deep into his comedy chops and begin to method act and create. A character of sorts, you know, like all the good psychotic borderline actresses, actresses, actors of Hollywood do. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a quote. I wanted everything to be a contradiction. The pants baggy, the coat tight, the hat small, and the shoes large. I added a mustache, which I reasoned would add age without hiding my expression. I had no idea of the character, but the moment I was dressed, the clothes and the makeup made me feel the person he was. I began to know him. And by the time I walked on stage, he was fully bored. Any idea who he's talking about right then? Gene Simmons. Yes, no. The Trampy Boy. The, yeah, tramp, the, tramp. the lovable son. Tramp. The yeah. silent persona of uh. Charlie Chaplin. Uh, also, is... where we get the term Tramp Stamp from. Really? Yeah, that's not correct at all. Uh, no, because Charlie Chaplin invented... I'm, I'm sorry, I did some research of my own. You and Charlie. And Charlie Chamblin invented the whole doing it doggy style and then coming on, you know, the butt slash lower back area. Oh, that was, was called the tramp stamp. He was the Perfect. first to pull out. Well, <laughs> yeah. So what yeah, you're yeah, saying exactly. right now is that China and India need a Charlie Chaplin to they show do. them how to pull out. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I just got Just that. do Thank the you. tramp stamp. Do a tramp stamp. That's all you got to do. All right. Now, when you say the lovable tramp and 
or when you say Charlie Chaplin, the lovable tramp is what 90% of the population conjures when they hear Charlie Chaplin. But the tramp is not Charlie Chaplin. He's a character Charlie Chaplin does. He's not the only character Charlie Chaplin would do. But the tramp was a mute, well-intentioned, simple, albeit comedically brilliant character. And at this point, the world fucking falls head over heels in love with the tramp and Charlie Chaplin. All right, I'm going to stop you here. Mm -hmm. Did you look into Fatty Arbuckle at all? It came up one or two times, but I, I, you lay some fatty knowledge on me. Now, Fatty was, now Fatty was mm-hmm. a gentleman who was in the industry and helped Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton to get like to where Buster. they were. Yeah, he worked with both of them and helped them out. He was huge during the 20s in a lot of their films, and he always played the fat bad guy or the dopey dude. Uh, he actually had a lot of influence in the in the studios with getting money to Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton for their project because oh, okay. he was a comedic genius. He was he was the guy. He had his downfall when he had a party in San Francisco where um, this is Prohibition times. He had, he had a big old party in a hotel and a girl was there who had appendicitis. Oh, no. And they had mm. a whole bunch of liquor there and she wasn't feeling well. She went and passed out and then Fatty was on his way. I don't know. He was probably getting brunch like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His hourly brunch. Got it. <laughs> and, and when he came back, she was dead. And there was this whole big thing in the news. They put Fatty Arbuckle in jail. They said that he crushed this woman. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Like, I, I, that, that, that lawsuit came up. Was it a lawsuit? Yeah, I'm it was. Assuming? A, it was. It was that that lawsuit one of the biggest up. of the twenties. Yeah. Yeah, that lawsuit came up, and. Uh, it came up as the other non like Charlie Chaplin was done dirty by the courts. We'll find out later on. Yeah, but like the remark was like it was the most absurd thing since the Fatty Arbuckle incident. Now I know what the fucking Fatty Arbuckle incident is now. Well, yeah, pretty much the press had painted this picture of like this giant fat man getting hammered and banging this bitch to death. Oh, oh my no. god! Oh my god! Yeah, which didn't Wait. happen at all. All you have to look at is his later years when um, after. No, after he uh, went to jail, he lost a lot of weight. He got this orange cat and a dog. No, and, uh... that's not. That's our bunker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just have to look at his later years. He's a kind guy, but he had just an asshole cat that just wanted lasagna all the time. Uh, Fucking lasagna cat. As Tom was saying, uh, Charlie Chaplin, big name, household name. By 1950, Charlie and his alter ego were fucking setting America and Europe alight. Uh, historians would later dub this sudden craze over the persona and Chaplin Chaplinitis. Ah. And st- stores were flooded with various merch, knickknacks, toys, dolls, all resembling the persona, the tramp. So he's like a Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> he's like a great. Furby. Well, Pikachu. Yeah. Ah. Well, Pikachu, Pikachu Furby. Furby. Yeah. So your boy Chaplin is enjoying the limelight and the notoriety, but he makes the textbook mistake of letting everything go to his head his toothbrush mustachioed head and he begins hobnobbing with the silver screen elite he takes advantage of this situation and this is where he fucks a bunch of actresses back in the day and you know big name actresses leading ladies alike sometimes you get hard sometimes you can't even hear your boner happen so you know usually when i have a boner it screams (laughs) i might have a boner right now i wouldn't know okay so i mean here's the this this helps paint a picture of the modern society and harvey weinstein now you have a f- 
a, a man who looks like Hitler who can bang anyone. <laughs> yep. He could just and like World War Two is a Bruin during this, and everyone knows what Hitler looks like, and that he's killing Jews, and ladies are throwing themselves at this guy, uh-huh. throwing. Harvey Weinstein is a disgusting pig of a man. Uh, yeah. Little trivia: uh, tra- uh, Harvey Weinstein holds Charlie Chaplin as his favorite role model. I was reading <laughs> <laughs> so, really good on you, Tom. <laughs> man. So, uh, while we're on the subject of scumbag sexu- sexuality, uh, Charlie Haplin, Charlie Haplin, Charlie Chaplin would develop a shitty habit of entertaining high-profile parties by imitating the O-faces of in vogue actresses, some of which he had first-hand knowledge of. So if you think about it, this is kind of like a revenge porn site before the internet. So he's just like, oh, here's how so-and-so, like, fucking gushes, and then, like, you know, he would entertain the Hollywood elite by, you know, imitating O-faces. I suppose suppose that is pretty funny, though. I mean, you know... You're at a party and someone starts doing that. Who's gonna look with away a, with Short a toothbrush? Face. Yeah, it is oh, funny, but oh. it's also very like fucking Chad's bro. Like oh, bro, bag. bro. Yeah. Like I fucked this chick. You want to see what she looks like? <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> How are you having sex, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dying horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know if he knows how funny it was being. He probably yeah. wasn't in on the joke. He was oh, getting a reaction. There's Charlie and as Chaplin. As a psychotic actress, actress, I said it again, actor, you want your reactions. Yes. They, they give you moolah. They make bank for you. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie's a big fucking time actor, and he is fucking Hollywood elite actresses, and we know this. And one of those uh, actresses, nice old-timey name, I love it, Mildred Harris... Oh, that's hot back in the day. Wait, yeah. Did they did they want to have game. sex with him, or was he like like a rapist? Well, uh, he, no, no, it was it was it was all consensual sex. You uh, want to have sex with the the, the in vogue movie stars, Mike? But uh, you know what I mean. It's 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 a little bit of a gold digger gold digger maneuver. Ah, uh, I gotcha. But we'll get into that. So Mildred Harris fucks Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin fucks Mildred Harris. However way you want to look at it, takes two to tango. And a few weeks later. Mildred hits up Charlie and is like, yo, I'm preggers as shit. Uh-huh. And that's when and he invented the tramp stamp. <laughs> yes. Well, Mildred hold on. Harris. Can we, just, can we just place a scene and just... This is kind of an experiment in how times change. Sure. Like, all right. Take us through like, it. And you're like, oh, yeah, Mildred, suck my oh, fucking dude. cock. <laughs> yeah, Mildred, suck my dick. Oh, fucking put it in there. Yeah, 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 get in there. You want that Mildred? Like, no! Like, that sounds like you're having sex with a grandma! No! (laughs) Right? Mildred, like, whenever I hear the word Mildred, like, oh, that must be, like, an octogenarian, right? Yeah, right? But this is probably a smoking 20-year-old chick. 16, Travis. Oh! Okay. Yeah, 16-year-old. We got a 16-year-old Mildred in the mix now. Well, I mean, they started having them smoke a pack a day by the age of 12, so she really did look like, you know, 17. Yeah, well, you can't use that excuse. Yeah, so Mildred is 16, and that's a big no-no number even back in these days. Mm. So, Oh, he was English, though. 
Age of Consent okay. is in- oh <laughs> yeah you're right okay. in England yeah. consent is sixteen because fine. English don't know shit about He's having not in sex. England. I think the English people uh, they only figure out how to have sex when they're forty. <laughs> yeah, go go for it. Have sex like throw yeah, ping pong balls at each other's genitalia from across the room. That's how that works in England. English sex. I'll oh. have a full English. Oh, one for you, Ooh. one for me. So Charlie Chaplin's got a pregnant sixteen-year-old on his plate to deal with now. And like the bad guy from No Country for Old Men, Charlie goes for the quiet shotgun. And just like that, Mildred and Charlie are now man and wife. Oh. Oh, he's about to kill her. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Quiet uh, shotgun no country wedding. Roll- yeah, no country for old men. He fucking murders everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but with a silent shotgun. I was trying to do a joke. Thanks, fuckers. Oh, <laughs> hey, we're good. we're still here. That was a fucking <laughs> cattle thing that he had. Yeah, there was a silent shotgun at one point. Yeah, it was like the yeah. it puts a hole in the the cow's brain, and that's why I was yeah. like, "What are you? What are you talking about now?" Is okay, Charlie he used a, a bunch of different weapons. I'm sorry. Edit everything out. Cut the entire episode until this point. It was the Nerf penetrator. <laughs> Oh, Charlie Chaplin's favorite gun. Yes. Okay, so you have the shotgun wedding with this pregnant 16-year-old. Here's the kicker. After the ceremony, Mildred's like, ha JK not pregnant. Oh, oh what a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so how Charlie- you get a famous husband, through fear. Yeah, divorce right after. Oh, so, man. Charlie Chaplin got me too Is that the verb? I don't know. Backwards. Okay. For the time, it was me as weld. Me as ah, classy. <laughs> Pinky up. Charlie is pissed, and he's noticing having a teenage wife cutting into his acting time and projects. He can't get as much done anymore, and this sours the idea of marriage. And to Charlie Chaplin, marriage is just a societal duty that taxes and hinders his creativity at this point. So, you've you've got this non-pregnant sixteen-year-old. But in 1919, after a very unenthusiastic boning, she gets legitimately pregnant this time. So oh, I was like, oh, yeah, right, okay. So By Charlie? It wasn't a waste. Yeah, Charlie, you know, Charlie's like... All right, well, he he's like, I'm not feeling this. And then he fucking shoots his Charlie cream in there. His fucking English <laughs> cream into her. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. If you're not feeling it, then you're not feeling it, bruh. Vaudeville charisma is the opposite of birth control. We all know uh, this. That's true. Just yeah, tramp stamp it, dude. He was just doing a second take, I guess, for uh, safety. And like I said, Charlie legitimately gets Mildred Harris pregnant this time. And nine months later, she gives birth to Norman Spencer Little Mouse Chaplin. Aw. That was probably such a cute name at the time, but now uh-huh. it's Norman. Wait, what about Lil Na- Mouse, though? That's that was his that. middle name. Little Mouse. Is that like yeah, a little, little bear? Mouse. Is that a mouse that doesn't wear clothes? That's disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. Also, like, is that some fucking, like, turn-of-the-century New Age shit when people are like, I'm gonna name my kid, like, Star Hope. Oh, you know God. what I mean? But, like, but backwards, right? Tom, stop doing that! I'm getting distracted! What? <laughs> oh, For this? those of Sorry. you that can't Sorry. see, Tom is, Tom is uh, putting Narragansett Lager on a pedestal. For, I don't know, whatever reason he's, that is in his head. That'll be my first son's name, Narragansett Tom. <laughs> oh, no. Middle name Tom, first name Narragansett. No, it's Narragansett, but you see how there's a T at the end there? Narragansett? Just oh, okay. O-M. Oh, wow. Two T's, Narragansett two T's. Tom. Narragansett Tom. Okay. Yeah, from, all the way from Clam, Long Island. Rhode Island. So, whatever. 
So, <laughs> Little Mouse is born as a horrifying, deformed fl- flesh heap Aww. and lived for only three days. Oh, which oh may have been why he was called Little Mouse. It's like a little mouse. Oh, was that like little three mouse. years later at Christmas dinner? They're looking at a turkey. They're going, you know what? Let's retroactively name our dead son. <laughs> little, little mouse. <laughs> I think he just came out the size of a mouse. She just basically like shat out a little fetus. Ugh. That lived for three days, horrifyingly. Mm, yeah. Damn. Covered in that placenta gravy. This unhinged Mildred and Charlie, Charlie's work was affected, but didn't necessarily suffer. He used the experience. His next film portrayed the lovable tramp as a child caretaker in the film The Kid. Yeah, starring Jackie Coogan. You want to tell us a little bit about Jackie Coogan, Top? Jackie Coogan, I think we brought it up on the podcast before. He's Uncle Fester. And when he he was a little kid, he was so fucking cute. This kid was like, I want to pinch those cheeks until they turn into Taco Bell sandwiches. He's he's the childhood (laughs) actor of everyone's dreams. Uh, Hold on, Tom. Can we just stop for a sec? You said Taco Bell sandwiches. Great idea. That's like a sloppy Joe of just their meat and and grease. Uh, that's true. Also, Jackie Coogan's parents were degenerates and stole uh-huh. all of his money, and that's why Hollywood and SAG started, uh, they, they lobbied for Coogan laws, which yep. makes it so the parents of child actors can only take a certain amount of their revenue, and then the rest yeah, of it gets put in the bank until they're 18. So you don't Jackie get Coogan. Macaulay Culkin's. Macaulay Culkin still has money because Jackie Coogan got Coogan ripped loves. off. He was the first yeah. one to get really badly ripped. He was supposed to be worth like $400,000 back in 1920-something, which is a shit ton of money. Yeah. And then come time to get his paycheck, he was worth dick because his parents bought a bunch of dumb shit. Yep, and his Fucked mom up. believed everything a child makes is property of the parent. That's stupid. If I'm a little dumb idiot, I'm like, look, I look so cute. Like, look at me and my... my uh, my chin looks like a peach, and then <laughs> I, I make a billion dollars. My daddy mamas are not going to tell me that I my chin is because of them. I got none of that. That uh, statement was you know. brought to you by Narragansett, the beer <laughs> of clam. By 1920, he divorces the Mildred Harris. All right. The end of his first marriage, mind you. Mm. Now, this, like, divorcing the old ball and chain freed up a bunch of Charlie's time, so he gets back into doing one of the things he loves, movies, and one of the most notable ones he did at this time was called Gold Rush, and this featured crazy stunts, very effective but basic special effects, and the very iconic scene of the lovable tramp attempting to eat a fucking shoe. Does he eat the shoe? Does he do it? I don't know. Yes, he, he he struggles, but he bites into the leather and gets Ew. at least a bite down, I think. He swallows the leather? That's good acting right there. Dude, if Leonardo DiCaprio can win an Oscar for eating a fish when he's like, oh, I'm a vegetarian, I'm a vegan, I can't eat a fish. And Charlie Chaplin should get a fucking Oscar for eating leather boot. However... In 1922, Charlie's ego is dealt a little bit of a blow when his first independently produced film debuts, A Woman of Paris. Now, this is something Charlie directed, but he didn't play the tramp in it. He was actually just a little fucking... He was a cameo that was uncredited and like, oh, hello, sir. Like, you know, passerby in the film. Was he a baker? And was that? Was he a baker as the cameo? I don't know. I think it was just like a street urchin walking in the background or something like oh, that. Oh, uh, uh, so a baker late to work. Yeah, there you go. All right. And as a result, the film flopped. 
and audiences felt duped having paid admission for a Charlie Chaplin film without the tramp in it. So Charlie's kind of learning, like, oh, the tramp is successful, not me. He's a one-trick pony? Uh, he does multiple tricks, but, like, like I said, like, 90% of everyone, when you say Charlie Chaplin, they throw it to... Their mental image goes to the lovable tramp, not yeah. anything else he's ever done. I mean, really. he's getting... Uh, what is that, that term called? Like, Mark Hamill. Typecasted? Yeah, typecasted. Ca- typecasted. Yeah. Pigeonholed, yeah. Does Why would you consider Mark Hamill typecasted? This looks kind no, of... No, I mean, right? he, he was. I mean, now he does the voice of the Joker and shit, but, like... After That's he like, did Star Wars, after he did Luke Skywalker, he couldn't get a job anywhere else. Really, yeah. He did a movie. Every he did everyone a, except fucking everyone did except a, Harrison Ford. Yeah, he did a World War II movie shortly after that it was really good. I can't remember the name of it, but oh really? Um, yeah, just like, but they were like, Luke oh, Skywalker. that's fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah, he's not a good actor. That's why. Well, yeah, but I mean, he got typecasted. Yeah, but it's easy to get typecasted if you're not a good actor. You just become that one person. You got to do the opposite. You got to be Daniel Day-Lewis. You have to do a role, and then you have to retire. In which, that time you're retired, you're just fucking braiding bits of wheat together in a field and meditating about how you'll never act again. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. your agent calls you and offers you $35 million to show up on set and become Abraham Lincoln. That's how you act. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, I mean, I think the real typecasting issue... You know, a lot of people are like, oh, typecasting might be an issue. Is it in porn? Like, you got a dangerous dong, right? You can't. That's your physiology, dude. You got a dangerous dong. You can't shrink it. You can't shrink it down for, like, Shrivelly Boys 7. Well, you... You could just stay soft and glue a popsicle to it. No, I don't know. Just get a dick double. Yeah, dick double. (laughs) Dick double. Dude, do you think Lexington Steel could ever do a non-dangerous dong roll? Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't take off his pants... (laughs) All right. That's a great question, and it's frying my brain slightly. (laughs) Anyway, this is a little bit of an ego sting to Charlie, but Charlie is definitely enjoying his motion picture picture success alongside another helping of underage Poon. Oh. Liked him young. Yeah. How old Mm -hmm. is he now, getting this underage badge? Charlie's 35 right now. Ooh. So, enter... Uh, an, another actress called uh, Lita Gray, and brace yourself. Charlie met her when she was eight. She's oh. sixteen now, but it's just like, oh, that is that's a little cringy. Mode. And oh. all he had to do was wait an extra two years, but he was but, just like, I'll just give me the eight. All right, but even still, though, yeah, you've seen this person when they were eight years old. You've seen them grow up. It's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> No. You've yeah. seen their baby teeth fall out of their face. <laughs> I don't know when you were this tall. Oh, that's just gross. That's nightmare stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And he waits eight years. I don't know why he doesn't go for the ten to make it the full 18, but shags her when she's 16. And much like the first waifu mama, or she leveraged Charlie into a marriage with a pregnancy announcement. Uh-huh. However, this baby is real and healthy and would not flop out all gross like Norman Chaplin did. Peace. R.I.P. However, Charlie would unsuccessfully urge Lita to abort the baby to preserve his reputation. Like, come on. Abort that sucker. I'm a, I'm a tramp. I can't have a kid. People see me out there. I'm walking around. Yeah. I'm going left <laughs> and right. I'm falling over barrels. I, they can't know I have a child. You can't wipe a kid's butt. You can't laugh at a man who has a child who eats peach cream pie all wrong. You can't do <laughs> no. it. 
It's unheard of. So Charlie's like, yo, abort the abort the squid. And Lita's like, no, I'm going to keep our baby. And she had to apply the pressure of a statutory rape acquisition to huh. persuade Charlie to keep the son. Uh-huh. So Charlie's like, flush it. And she's like, if you make me flush it, I'm going to tell him you boned me when I was south of the border in age. That's oh. the telltale sign of a healthy relationship. That's communication right there. Right? That's communication, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do Guess as I what? says, or I'm going to say rape. <laughs> Got it. Fearing the statutory rape charges, Charlie grabbed Lita and headed south of the border and had a nice, quiet Mexican wedding on November 25th, 1924. And at this time, Charlie expressed to his friends a secret Mexican marriage to a minor was better than going to prison. Yeah. I guess that's true. And a Mexican marriage to a minor is where you just stand up against a wall where they first throw flowers at you, and then eventually it's ground beef and rice. (laughs) Mm, Seasoned well. (laughs) Oh, I want a Mexican wedding. (laughs) So with the threat of statutory rape charges and after the Mexican wedding... Charlie Chaplin Jr. was born on May 5th, 1925, and this is slightly confusing because technically Charlie Chaplin is already the junior because his dad was Charlie Chaplin yeah, Sr. Yeah, so he'd be, junior, I was going to say, he'd be Charles, Charlie Chaplin III. Yeah, I, 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 that's how numbers go, Travis. But, thank you. Well, yeah, if Charlie well, Chaplin Sr. is so drunk he forgets his name, like, who's to say? What's your name? I'm dead now. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, that's a great last word. To, you know, I, I I feel like we should start looking up last words. Famous last goodbye. words. I like that. Yeah, yeah actually, like, I'll Google that. I feel like if I said just goodbye or like... Yo, peace. I'm out. And uh, while they're pumping babies out, they also get around to shitting out Sidney Earl Chaplin, who was born March 30th of the next year. So he, he, Charlie Chaplin's got two kids running around uh, the East Coast and West Coast depending on who's hiring him. Yeah, I'm uh, taking Sydney back that whole tramp stamp thing. This dude does not know about the tramp stamp. He just doesn't. Unfortunately, Sidney Chaplin would have the misfortune, that's redundant, of being his father's favorite punching bag and the recipient of some verbal abuse later in life. Wait, he beat mm, his own geez. daughter? The verbal abuse. Verbal abuse. Oh, okay, just verbal. So, you said You'll never be able to grow a mustache S- like S- this. Sidney's a boy. <laughs> yeah, Sidney's a boy, and oh, he's definitely boy. the f- least favorite for whatever reason, of Chaplin's uh, kids. Okay. And we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. My name is but, Sydney. You know, Sydney, Australia. Sid, for short. Oh, I guess Sid, yeah. That's one of those so stupid ha- names. Yeah. <laughs> Do that, wait, does anyone have a stupid name here? No. What? what? Mildred. No, I'm just Mildred. saying on our show. My birth name is actually uh, Tomato. Well, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Tommy Tomato. So- so squirting out a few babies fixes unhappy and troubled marriages, right? Yeah. No. It's an eight-pound flesh wedge that will be driven between you. Right between two of you. Maybe into one of you. Yeah, you oh, want to put it in the anus tonight. And your wife is like, that's fine. And you start to enter. And guess what? Baby's whining. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Got exactly. It. It's all about anal sex. That's what drives, you know, if you can't have proper anal sex in a relationship, <laughs> yep. you have no shot. Anal, anal sex and chips and salsa that fixes everything. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Chips and salsa later. Never try anal after dinner. No, anal and seven. Dude, it, dude if you had to match anal with any type of dip, it would be seven layer dip. 
I was not talking about that at all. That's disgusting. Oh my god! <laughs> you had to pair anal with anything. Though disgusting, I agree with Travis. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what kind of butts you guys eating? Okay, so babies don't fix shit. They, they're too stupid. They don't know how to do anything. They don't fix marriages. And it was not good between Charlie and Lita. Charlie would push Lita for threesomes with other women, and when she would deny him, he'd retort. All married people do these kinds of things. You are my wife. You have to do what I want you to do. He's just trying to have a threesome. You know, leave him alone. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, Cody, I understand he might be a little manipulative, but come on. Just leave this guy alone. You know, yeah, give him all a threesome. Yeah, give him all a threesome. Why not? And when Charlie was met with further sexual stonewalling, Charlie would exclaim, This marriage won't last long. I will make you so damn sick of me that you won't want to live with me. Toxic relationship right there. That's just rude, you know, because in, re in reality, you should really just bring it to the threesome thing. Drive that yeah. home, and then mm -hmm. beyond that, you're being an asshole. Just work the threesome. Just work it. <laughs> work it out. You gotta try it. it. Try it once. It's a dope. Even if you're married. You might look at each other real weird for a week or two afterwards, but it's a lot better than a baby. Dude, I'm not even just saying, like, uh, like the cool threesome in terms of dudes. I'm saying try any threesome. Are you talking about having more dudes? Yeah, have more dudes. I don't give a shit. All, du all dude threesome, Travis? No, like, all threesomes matter. That's all I'm saying. Travis just looking for hands to high five. Well, I want high fives, dude. High fives make me feel good. So I'd imagine, like, sex makes me feel good. And having a high five also <laughs> makes me feel good. I'd imagine sex makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Let that slip, did you, Travis? I'd imagine it. I'd imagine that. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. All right, Cody. That's fun. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, the rude Before boy chaplain. Stupid shit. Yeah, I'll take this away from you. Uh, the rude boy chaplain would avoid seeing his Lita by toiling away at the studio and serving up the figurative cold shoulder to his new family. Lita would eventually take the boys and flee the family home. She would go on to accuse Charlie of abuse, infidelity, and being an old-fashioned closet perv. <sighs> Closet pervs, worst. Closet perv. Nothing wrong with being a perv. Yeah, but a closet <laughs> pervs are the worst. You, d where are you gonna put your laundry? behind him. Uh, watch out, Travis. There's a closet perv right behind you. What? Oh yeah, he's got a bunch of salami in a sack. I love this boy. Oh, I, I'm sorry. He wasn't a closet perv. He was a a, a, clo a closeted Italian Butcher. New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> got to check your closets for those. This dirt would go on to sour Chaplin's public image and threaten a general ban on all Chaplin films. To de-escalate the public's animosity toward himself, Charlie offered a cash settlement of $600,000 to Lee. Wow. Wow. And Holy shit. Yes. That's the, that's the right reaction, Tom. This is the biggest cash settlement to date of all history. Really? Holy, holy. Even holy. bigger than Stormy? Well, you mean Stormy Daniels? Yeah. Stormy, th th this is 1920s at this yep. point, 1922 or something. That's a lot of money. Yep, yep, yep. You're dealing with like, well, that, that's like 5.8 million. And then this is at a time where things cost it, cost what they depression. should cost. So if you have $100, you can live a month in LA, no problem. Wow. Oof. Good old days. Yeah. So the she's like Sakalasa Puntas. <laughs> no, stop that. <laughs> 
Stop trying to teach the viewers Spanish. Dude, I'm trying to teach them. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Is we're also sponsored by Duolingo, brought to you by Travis. Oh, no. Biblioteca, Helio Dad. Yo soy. Helio Dad. Yo soy, Helio Dad. All right, stop it. <laughs> anyway, for fuck's sake. Charlie's hush money slash fuck off money seemingly worked. The bulk of his fan base remained loyal, and the whole scandal would soon fade into obscurity, which is like really weird because it was like 600,000 fucking dollars. And with Charlie's family struggles seemingly at bay, a new fuckery came about that Charlie had to handle. Talkies. Oh! What's that? <laughs> Not silent films, Mike. Oh. Talkie movies. Gotcha. That's when they brought in the, uh, the most fucked by Hollywood person, which is the sound guy. Oh. Yeah. Fuck yes. sound. Fuck sound. Fuck sound. <laughs> so, your boy Chaplin thought talkies were a fucking sham. They undermined the art of acting by doing away with the need of subtle movements and genuine actor portrayals. And to Charlie's defense, one of the biggest problems of current day storytelling was just conceived. The misstep of telling and not showing. Mm. There's an amazing scene in Charlie Chaplin's Gold Rush where the tramp is so happy he's literally jumping for joy. You can see the happiness not only in his face, but in his swinging arms. The tramp bounces on his bed. His pillow explodes, sending feathers into the air. He's leaping and swinging from his bedroom rafters, bearing an ear-to-ear grin. And it's a remarkable scene. However, with shitty talkies, an actor can just say, Hey, I'm, I'm very happy right now. And be done with it. Skipping all of the fucking nuances. An actor can go, Did you just call me a mook? What's a mook? You can't call me a mook. And this was an unacceptable cutting of corners in Chaplin's eyes. So basically, you're, talk- all, you're also just talking about Quentin Tarantino movies, where no one needs yeah. to act, they just need to, like, talk really fast and say the end. Nail dialogue. Yeah, that's, that's how everything works well. See yeah. our OBD- ODB episode. <laughs> yeah, right? Thanks, Mike. And yeah. <laughs> after all, Chaplin would call it, call the art acting, not talking. You're actors, not talkers. Get... Get your shit in gear. Come on, everyone. I mean, I think that's pretty purist in one direction, but I kind of agree with him. Well, there's like a yeah. lot of fucking actors nowadays where it's like they lack emotion. Yeah, I mean, they can say yes. funny things, or I mean, I feel like we always bring to the table so much physical comedy that you can't see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? Like, yeah, true. There's so yeah. much emotion behind our shit. Yeah, <laughs> you Travis gotta is see... helicoptering his dong right now. You don't hear Mike a lot, but he's over here just. Ripping shit up. He is, <laughs> he is blasting handstands. He yeah. is ripping up telephone books. He brings in thirty pants every time we record, and he's ripping them off every time. It's fucking nuts. It's we all, oil him up. He's, he's the Hulk Hogan of pants. Yeah, and he's an actor. Oh, wow. But also Constantly acting. Bringing this back to Jackie Chan, that guy got it because he does this thing with his face and his body and he's doing kung fu but he's mm-hmm. also like, "Whoa, I'm fucked up at the moment." You know? <laughs> oh shit. And he's blasting around and he's talking, but it's like that's not it. It's not just talking. Jackie Chan is the best entertainer of the modern day. Hands uh-huh. down agree with you, Tom. It has yeah, so little to here. do with what he says. <laughs> he is just out there blasting him. Blasting moves. Kung fu. Yeah, why is Jack Why does Jackie. Jack Chan have seven Oscars? I'm going to the Academy. I'm saying I don't care about... Hey, guess what? This is a racial thing. I'm going to the Academy. Where's Jack Chan's 
Jack Chan. This is immediately degree. racial. Yes. Yeah. He's just not there. Racist. <laughs> Fucking racist. I know he hasn't a movie in like seven years, but we should give him like a backlog of movies that he won Best Actor for. <laughs> yeah, true. Old, old movies. Old movies, Oscars. New awards, yeah. So, talkies cause a problem for the lovable but mute tra tramp. Now, the tramp never talks, but given the power and opportunity to speak, would he? And what would the tramp's first words be? Gay! And I... No. No, Charlie Chaplin didn't look into the camera and just say, Gay! I'll tell you what he did do, though. Charlie Chaplin's next movie called City Lights would answer this question. The tramp would remain silent throughout the entire movie until the end. I guess it's not the entire movie then. The tramp opened his mouth and belted out an entirely gibberish song with no true meaning. It was a nonsense mixture of Italian and French sounding lyrics and no one can make fucking heads or tails over any of it. That's a good song. Yes, it was. And it's an interesting solution. Proving the tramp had a voice, but he had nothing to say. Mm. Just, I'm going to use my voice to speak garbage. I like it. Yeah. Uh, the film City Lights was warmly received by the public. Because of its lack of dialogue in the first half, it's conjectured that the talkie's age started in the middle of the film. So uh, it's hailed uh -huh. as the last of the silent films. Oh. Which is a little weird, but I, I, it's like how the Wizard of Oz goes to color yeah. halfway through. Or, mm. but they, or they had Wizard of Oz. That was a gimmick because color was it was just based on the studio funding. Uh -huh. So mm. there was a there was a like a ten year overlap where there were color pictures and black and white. So that was just a gimmick that MGM did. Mm -hmm. Oh really? It's yeah, like how they, Eminem. It, it, it wasn't like they discovered flavor. it and then were like, "We have a great way to integrate this." You know, there were. Multiple colored pictures before that. Is it true a midget hung himself in the background of one of the shots? I don't know about that one. I don't think it's true, but I think about it every day. Yeah. I think of Wizard of Oz. Well, you do just yeah. a roast mortem on the, just the Wizard of Oz. There's a lot of fucked up shit in there. And everyone's dead. Mm. You did the whole thing. Interesting. I mean, Judy Garland, that's another one of those child actors who just got destroyed. Yeah, got yep. mashed. She got all them meths in her. <laughs> I don't know. I kept, she kept her teeth. I don't even know if they were real teeth after she a while. Was a nah, head. probably veneers. They were all fucking meth heads back then because meth was in. Meth was like the Pilates of its time. Uh, meth, wow. yeah, you, meth should still be in. Industrious, <laughs> industrious meth. Yeah. Hey, you like Adderall? That's meth. Really? Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy. In moderation, you know. In moderation. You could be a, a weekend meth head. Yeah, it's nothing wrong. It's it's clean you know, up by Monday. When it takes over your life, it's like anything else. When you watch, when you play too many video games, when you watch sports all the time, when you pick your toenails. When you're too doing much, it at work or before work, you gotta leave the meth to the weekends. That's yeah. how it be. Have check your baggage. It's like a Spider-Man weekend. You know, what I mean, you sling back any fucking way. After the film City Lights, yeah. something came to light. Your boy Charlie Chaplin is a rampant shitty perfectionist, and actress Virginia Sherrill. Uh, the leading lady of City Lights had two words to say in her scene. Flower, sir? It's better than fuck me. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Charlie did not fuck this one. Charlie, this, this was... Good for everyone. This was just an actress for Charlie. Even though she only had two words for her entire scene, Charlie had her commit to 342 takes of just flower, sir. What? <sighs> 
yeah, 342 takes to nail a two word phrase, which is that's psychotic. That's fucking psychotic. He was a I'll perfectionist. Right that's Stanley yeah. Kubrick shit. Yeah. Yep. Worse than and Kubrick. This the, yeah. this is something that is throughout fucking Charlie's life. Uh, he is noted to have once once shot 18 hours of footage for a 20 minute short. Right, but also hold on. Let's just when he's doing this shit. This isn't like today's day and age. I mean, I know uh-huh. we still shoot film sometimes, but like, oh yeah. Let's just be clear. I mean, this isn't like you know you. Hey, I got my selfie stick. I'm in Tokyo. Check nope, out at nope, this nope. Gonichiwa, and you do that fucking seven times. This is film. <laughs> like, yep. This is physical shit. You have to buy and process. Like, you can't reuse you it. You know, what I mean, this, it's not on your iPhone. They couldn't see it either when they were doing it, right? Film uh, was expensive. There was silver in film back in the day, so like it was very, very, very fucking expensive. Mm. And he's just shooting eighteen hours of it for a twenty-minute short. Loaded, right? Most uh. people are calling it like a, a fucking travesty, a waste of fucking resources back in the day. And it's all because it's all to satiate his fucking perfectionism, which is taking control of his film. But you know, to the average viewer, it's cool because the shot looks good and everything seems in its place. But it's taking over Charlie's life, and even more of a psychotic uh, red flag is he would attempt one-man shows just to satiate his control freakiness. It's just like I'm gonna get everything right because I'm gonna be all of the characters. Oh, so oh like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I was gonna say he's Eddie yeah. Murphy in that shit. I'm sorry, wow. Travis. Look at this. Look at this synergy. I love this. So he's oh, like Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Uh huh. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where it came from? Did Eddie Murphy get it from Charlie Chaplin? What are you guys Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. You got it. I know what you guys are talking about. You don't know Eddie Murphy. Oh fuck this guy. I know you don't Eddie, know the I know no- Eddie Murphy, but. Tom, pull the trapdoor lever on his chair. Next time. All right, let's get more into this bullshit. So we have a man who wants to look at his own mustache for hours. With the success of City Lights behind him, Chaplin took this opportunity to go for an extended vacay, believe it or not. Or as the Brits say, holiday. Aye. Yeah. Uh, It was a 16-month-long holiday, uh, to be exact. He traveled across Europe, France, and Switzerland being his main destinations. But in 1931, he, ch- he decided to switch it up a little bit and see what was going on in the land of the rising sun. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, Nippon. Yeah. Thank you, Travis, for uh, spilling. Translate. Uh, translating. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, That's for all the so anime you know. weebs out yeah. there, so you know for where we are. You, you actually, for, for the weebs, you can listen to the show. For non-weebs, you can listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. For those people that like Narragansett, you can listen to the show. You can also listen to the show if you're into Geneseo, <laughs> or gotcha. any of those Thank premium you. beers. Rolling yeah. Rock. However, however, things were not glorious in the glorious Nippon. Uh, there were some bad eggs called ultranationalists afoot. And these people did not appreciate how the current Japanese government system was being run. Specifically, they didn't like a prime minister calling Japanese shots. They wanted the old school Edo style of an emperor sitting on top of the food chain, barking down orders and uh, doing things that way in particular. Mm. No. All right. And in order to demonstrate their dissatisfaction, they decided, no, yeah, let's kill Charlie Chaplin. What? 
Yeah, I know, right? They're like they're a bunch yeah, of samurais, like about to fucking let's chop fucking assassinate them up. Charlie. You know what I mean? Like he's here. Let's fucking do it. Let's let's seize the opportunity. Yeah, that'll so, do great for the tourism. You know. Yeah. Well, they were trying. They were trying to. They're egg, anti it. Uh, the they were trying. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Mm. They were trying to egg the U.S. into a fucking war by killing, you know, someone they had chaplainitis over. Yeah, yeah they're trying to, like, yellow swag it, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, uh, well, he's English. Yep. Keep that in mind. Everyone keep that in mind for later yeah. on in the episode. Charlie Chaplin's not American. Everyone keep that in mind. These ultranationalists wanted to send a firing squad into the reception that was planned for Charlie Chaplin. Oh, jeez. Charlie did not make it to the reception as he was too wrapped up watching big burly Japanese men give each other competitive wedgies. Oh, sumos. Sumos, that's right. Sumo wrestlers saved Charlie Chaplin from an assassination attempt. Fucking weird. Very. Dude, I love sumos. Sumos is one of my favorite things. Like, they do, like, they could eat, like, anything they want, but they got, like, a buff core, like me. There you go. (laughs) Travis Lee, Western sumo wrestler. Dude, if you, uh, Trav, if you went to Japan, you probably wouldn't be able to make it off the airplane. Why? There'd just be so much pussy. Just flooding it. Just like, I gotta sift through it. Yeah. So much (laughs) censored vagina coming at Travis Lee. Yeah, just like, have my baby. I mean, it it also (laughs) makes sense that my penis looks like tentacles. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I mean, I think that's the real reason. Not that I'm a large man. It's just my penis looks like seven tentacles. Oh, okay. Seven, you said. (laughs) That's a lot of pleasure. Yes. Yeah, a lot of slapping and and suction going on there. That's Mm -hmm. more than one for each of the holes. Back to Charlie and Chaplin fighting off the the Sumas. Yes, the ultra... (laughs) The ultra-nationalists roll up to the reception, and Charlie's a no-show, and the terrorists are like, yeah, fuck it, let's just kill the prime minister. And the firing squad opens up on the prime minister, kills him, and this goes down in the books as the infamous May 15th incident. Hey, boss, where are we supposed to put these bullets now that the man with the big shoe didn't come in? (laughs) So just be mindful every time you read the May 15th incident in textbooks. The original target was your boy Charlie Chaplin. No, the original wow. target was Caesar because that's the Ides of March. And they got that asshole. They mm-hmm. fucking got him. A bunch in the back. Yeah. Me yeah. Too Brutus. Let me let me stab you in my tentacles. E two Brutus. E two E two Buxoms. Buttus. So Charlie nopes the fuck out of Japan really quickly after hearing all this shit go down. Dude, that's crazy, though, because, like, basically, Charlie Chaplin, if they just killed Charlie Chaplin, we would have had, like, the Pacific Theater in World War II. Yeah, it's it, it's coming. They could have, they could have expedited it, but uh, they had to save that treasure for uh, World War II. Mm. So Charlie returns to his U.S. home, his L.A. home to be exact, barely escaping the embroiled Japan country with his life intact. He wants to normalize, get back into the swing of things, so he does what he does best, shoving peen into underaged actresses again. That a boy. That's one yeah, way. He's like 40, Hopper. right? Uh, he is... Yeah, I think he's in his 40s. So, enter wife number three, Paulette Goddard. Now, Charlie secretly marries Paulette Goddard to avoid the usual paparazzi fucking him up, and he will go on to... Uh, Never confirm the relationship status. If this was Facebook, it'd be like, it's complicated. But his- history knows that those two got quietly married. Uh, yes. But she was underage? The hell was she? Here's the thing. 
She was 21. It's fine. Good. It's a high score for Charlie. Okay. She was 21, <laughs> but she had to get him in the sack by claiming she was 17. Oh, so she tricked him. Oh. Yeah, so she lied to Charlie. She's like, hey, I'm 17. You want to fuck? And Charlie's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, scroll, yeah, I need but to do it. She was 21. She could, buy, she could drink beer and everything. So Charlie's like, wait a minute. You tricked me? This isn't a statutory thing? Fuck. Fuck me. <laughs> You're too old. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Wait, I just like, realized I'm, I'm, we're in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tricked into a legitimate law-abiding marriage. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you got me again. What's her name? Gulad Sodged? Paulette Goddard. Paulette Goddard. All right. Now, the two aren't just partners in the sack. They're partners on the silver screen. Mm. Uh, they both appeared in Charlie's next film called Modern Times, and the film riffed and satirized industrial American capitalism and consumerism. It's a great mm. movie. It's a great movie. I, I was telling Travis this before the cast, but uh, back in the day, uh, cocaine was just a thing to do. And in the middle of modern times, there's just an entire bit where the lovable tramp gets fucking high as a kite in cocaine and just does goofy things uh, for uh, viewing pleasure. What are these goofy things? He smokes too many cigarettes and he, he gets angry at his <laughs> wife? Uh, he's in prison, actually, and like the, his, his lunch mate uh, pours the cocaine into the salt shaker before oh. a pat-down, and mm. Charlie's just putting it on his chowder, putting it on his loaf, and then you, you see him, like, get wide-eyed and all fidgety, and he, like, just walks around in a circle, and, like, when he goes back to his cell, he, like, walks too far from his cell and just ends up outside somehow because of all the cocaine. You know right. what? There's There's been steps taken in our country. America's a great progressive country. Uh-huh. And uh, right now, uh, there's legal recreational marijuana. One day, freedom uh, will prevail. Freedom. Legal, legal recreational cocaine. Oh, so this is the 10 minutes of libertarian roast mortem happening right yeah, now? Yeah, right. I don't know. Anymore. It's a fun thing to do sometimes. Sometimes you do it. We're all over 30. Well, except, except for Mike. Mike. Mike's not never not done 30. cocaine. Mike's <laughs> never 30. Yeah, because if you don't know this and you're over 30 and you haven't done cocaine, uh, you're not actually over 30. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're you're a weeboo. Yeah. <laughs> So Charlie and Paulette portrayed these characters comedically struggling with aspects of American depression and, you know, the Great Depression at the time. Uh, the film got mixed reviews for weighing in on politics instead of being the usual slapstick frolic. This would set up an atmosphere of socialist sympathy that Charlie would have to grapple with later on in life. And this is uh, 1936, by the way. Okay. All right. Uh, Chaplin and Goddard realized that they were both workaholics and really didn't have enough time for each other. They would drift apart and would eventually get a divorce down in Mexico, which I guess it's cheap you can down have there. weddings and divorces in Mexico and have the legality stick in the U.S. for some reason. Mm. But this is like the first wife that he's let go neutrally. Like it wasn't a shit show uh, divorcing this waifu. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. For Charlie, yeah, it's like wow, this is how was titties looking though? Um, nineteen twenty ish, I guess. Wait, black and white. You think he was ever in a porno? Uh, I'm sure plenty of people know. has whacked off to his films, but I don't know if they're pornos. Yeah, I mean, well, well I'm just saying. You know what's kind of weird about like you look at like shit that's like turn of the century. There's mm -hmm. porn. I like. I went to. In our, if you're a Patreon episode, if you're a Patreon subscriber. Tony and I just talked about our trip, or my trip, across country. Yeah. And uh, I stopped in this place called Virginia City. 
Oh my god, I'm so fucking drunk. I can't even you, say words right now. Yeah, say words because wow. that's why people are here. All right. Well, so I just went across country to Virginia City. That was one of the places I stopped, and um, they had this old school like porn. You put a quarter in, you yeah. watch this fucking slideshow thing. A Nickelodeon, oh, really? A porn Nickelodeon. Yeah, a little Nickelodeon, right? And yeah. I, I watched one from 1901. Oh wow! And it was this chick like you know undressing. You never saw any titties, but she was like of course. undressing. She went to like a wash bin, like how they used to take a, mm-hmm. a bath in a fucking wash bin. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, right, like, she was pretty hot, like a pretty hot chick. But that right. was 1901. Like, she's bones right now. <laughs> right? She's a bunch of You were of getting bones. a boner over a dead girl. I was getting boners from a, a person that was bones. <laughs> wow. You know? Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, I know. And that's a weird derailment I went on that I was I drunk. I love it. Keep it stupid. in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was like, oh, you want you want to get ahead? You're in L.A.? You want, you need some money? You got to pay your rent? Get in this wash tub. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, up the ante, bro. Every year. From the mixed reviews of modern times, Charlie learns exhibiting a political lean in his movie is kind of something you don't do. You know, Hollywood actors getting all political. But instead of backing away, Fuckboy Charlie further opens the Pandora political box and doubles down with The Great Dictator in 1940. Mm. It's a good hard movie. Hard as hell. I'm it's a good so movie. hard over The Great Dictator. It is <laughs> good. So we'll talk hard. about I'm so we're, hard. We're talk I've only seen snippets of it. You're, you're going to see a snippet of it in a minute or two. Yeah, you know about like Ovaltine, which is like shitty, shitty uh, hot chocolate? Mm-hmm. You know about that shit? Yeah. This is not Ovaltine. This is like full on hot cocoa. This yeah, is like you melt uh, the chocolate, you put that milk in there. This is not Ovaltine. Hmm. Okay. That's how films <laughs> films are made. Not Thanks, nineteen seventies Travis, <laughs> jerking off over bones. <laughs> That's dude. I'm, 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 I'm not sure most of our audience knows exactly what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Ovaltine is a thing that ex- exists all day. I don't know. Maybe they call it like. Uh, <laughs> Starbucks uh, Frappuccinos or something. All right, fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, that works, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Listeners at home, tell us if that works. <laughs> right in. At this time, nationalistic American moviegoers were noticing something a little funny about your boy Charlie. Hey. Hey, is this guy a sneaky Hitler in disguise? He, look, he looks a little Hitler-like. Oh, my God. And the, the, the similarities are more than just uh, appearance-wise. Uh, the two were both Europeans, sporting a toothbrush mustache. Both had a rags-to-riches story that landed them in the limelight. And the two nearly share a birthday, actually, being born no more than 100 hours apart from each other. I think it's uh, a mustache. 420? Hitler's 420. Sick. And your boy, Charlie, is 416. Both have nasty habits of firebombing bagel shops. <laughs> Toasting their locks. <laughs> Why is it raw? Oh, Dude, it's, it's cured, sir. Okay, so you know why you. Hitler had that pencil, pencil shit mustache, whatever it is, toothbrush, he couldn't toothbrush. Grow any more hair? It was because of uh, gas masks. Yeah, it needed to go under the gas mask. Yeah, oh, really? you could have a mustache, it right? Just couldn't interfere with the gas mask because mm-hmm. Hitler was an active participant in World War One. Yes. Right. So he was a soldier. He probably didn't do much. He probably just tripped over something. That Whoops. was probably his story. Right, so he had a wartime facial hair, much to the fact that you know you you see someone like Vin Diesel, who had, has bicked his head, and then they were like, "Well, this is a wartime boy," and then 
Spicking your head becomes popular. There you yeah. go. <laughs> you heard it here. Setting trends. John Cena, same thing. Jorts. Well, okay, jorts are not cool. But then combat John Cena, jorts. combat veteran, you know, where's jorts? Shave your armpits. Yeah, I mean, this is all yeah. very nationalist stuff. Wax yeah. those packs. So, to further sim- cement these similarities, Charlie would portray himself as Hitler in uh, The Great Dictator. And the film being another talkie, Chop. Ch- ch- <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Chaplin would break his mute act once again, but just this time not as the lovable tramp, as fucking Hitler. Uh, the finale of The Great Dictator featured a uh, minimally shot, I think there was three shots involved in it, but it was a five-minute monologue straight to fucking camera where Chaplin s- just let what is in his political closet out onto all the movie screens and movie theaters. I wish no uh, one he- ever did that. I like I do, I don't want to hear Hollywood. I don't want to hear Hollywood's opinions. I yeah, just don't like if I agree with them or not. And you know what? When I agree with someone in Hollywood that says something, I question myself. I do that too. Hey, I do really? that too. Yeah, because they're a Hollywood actor. These people are so removed from reality. I'm kind of like, did something just work on me? If it, you know what I mean, it doesn't oh, matter. I like know. I think they're just genuine people sometimes. <laughs> All right, just laugh at me. I think they're genuine you, people sometimes. You silly fuck. I think that they are genuine. I don't think they're trying to kill me. It doesn't I, matter. I don't. It doesn't matter if they're Russell Simmons or James Woods. Either end of the <laughs> spectrum. Fuck yourselves. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes maybe because I'm a West Coast boy now. Now I'm yeah. like fuck bagels, dude. All right. Well, like, don't hey, forget who yeah. you are. Fuck don't forget bagels. who you are. Just remember. The same people who get mad about Charlie Chaplin portraying a dictator are the same adults who need to be explained that movies aren't real. I know, but I'm not saying I think that, hey, dude, he's, he's portraying Hitler. Like, that's cool. It's fine. If it's, I, uh, if it's satirical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can make entertainment out of it, that's his fucking job. Stay and he there. does that shit. He does do that shit. He throws around the globe. That was a fucking classic scene. He'd like that's he's juggling with the globe and All right, so maybe yeah. I'm angrier at people that read him too seriously. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Fair. I mean, there is that speech at the end that I really love. This yes. speech brings me to tears because I'm a fucking little weenie I love it boy. Too. Do we, we want to play for the audience? Yeah, I've never seen it before. All right, let's All do right. it. Snippet. Sound bite, sound bite. Let's shred. Let's go. Mmm. <sighs> I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. 
Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world. Millions of despairing men, women and children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed. The bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then, in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! I am so hard right now. Oh, I, I love that. rigid. I am Goose hard. Bumps. I'm erect. Goosebumps. It's a good speech. Uh, I love this speech. Great what speech. a fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good speech. The only fucking problem with the entire thing is the outlet that Chaplin had chosen. Moviegoers had ponied up for admission to what they thought was a rib-tickling romp with Chaplin that bashed Hitler. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, this will be great. But instead of like a punchline for the finale, there was this heavy political message that spoke out against the current objective and goals of the American military. So like, imagine you're watching your favorite, you know, comedian in a movie. Let's say Martin Lawrence. And Blue Streak is fucking brilliant. Lesson in there. <laughs> Thank you, Cody, so much. Uh, Martin Lawrence <laughs> hasn't been in a movie. It's oh, like in like oh, he's a national years. treasure. Yeah, he absolutely. So, is. Imagine you're watching your favorite Martin Lawrence movie, and instead of you know the finale, he just comes out and you know you know oh, does a little Thomas political House? stunt. You'd hate it. No, you'd I'd be, be like, fuck yeah, where'd Martin Lawrence go? <laughs> no, you'd feel unsatisfied. You'd feel cheated. You'd feel misled. Like, this was supposed to be a comedy, but, like, there's this whole fucking underlying thing. In a vacuum, when we, you know, listen to it on the podcast, it's great. But if you, you know, put yourself, you know, back in the day and the time, it's like that. It's like that movie Click, where it's, like, funny and then it's really dark out of nowhere. The Adam Sandler movie? Yeah, you ever seen that one? No, explain it to us now. You have, like, five sentences. Go with it. Well, he gets a remote (laughs) at Bed Bath & Beyond that lets him stop and, like, speed up time. Okay. And he ends up speeding up his whole life, and he misses his whole life, and his kids grow up without him, and stuff like that, and like the future kind of changes. That sounds great. Knowing. That's a hilarious concept. 
<laughs> you gotta watch Go it. Adam Sandler. Hey, you guys never seen that movie. I've seen it. I are you just, not backing Mike, you are up, you just Mike? making me want to watch Click? Is that like yeah, the I, goal of what you just said? You owe better to our listeners. Watch Click. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, but thank you for laying it out. Thanks, Mike. Now I will watch it's it. A com- uh, it's an Adam Sandler movie. You think it's going to be a comedy, and it's like exactly. it's all dark. That's, the, that's what's going on here, Mike. Mike, uh, 200%. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Mike. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't be roast Martin without Mike. You guys are welcome. That's not true. We've done a bunch of episodes without you. The Charlie Chaplin's popularity suffers a little bit with this. It was a politically fueled stunt that was in good taste, but it's just not what people were wanting. And 1941 rolls around, and we're going to talk about Joan Barry. Uh-oh. An aspiring young actress that Charlie would fuck. But not Mary. You know, he's playing that game. Oh, thank uh, God. Thank God. Mary Move fu- along, Mary Charlie. Mu- Mary fuck murder or whatever. Yeah. But she's an on-again, off-again, obsessive fangirl. And she stalks Charlie after being dumped and gets arrested twice in the fucking progress. She would eventually reemerge from the woodwork one last time to claim she's preggers with Charlie Chaplin's baby. Trying to Was she? Cash in a little bit of the settlement. Uh, was she Travis? No, she was. Uh, she was not pregnant. She was pregnant, just not with Charlie's baby. So we got to. Dude, fucking- this guy got. Uh, this guy has to stop busting it, people. No, yeah, you know what? She probably got anal. fucked by Lexington Steel from the future because his dick is so long it goes back in time. Yeah, it's got an. Yeah, right. It hits eighty-eight miles per hour and it's getting erect. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hits 88 miles per hour, flames start coming out. <laughs> and then it just out. goes back in the future, fuck some bitch, and like, oh shit! Charlie Chaplin's like, oh fuck! What the fuck is this giant black dong? It just fucking came out of nowhere. <laughs> God <laughs> bless that nowhere. man. God bless him. Something <laughs> so, else. Charlie outright denies this. Like, I'm not that baby's mama daddy thing. And Barry, to counter it, files a paternity suit against Chaplin, that he was in fact the baby daddy. And in 1944, a pre-presidential J. Edgar Hoover, a.k.a. the, the head director of the FBI, mm-hmm. uh, it must have been a slow fucking day in the office because Hoover uses the paternity suit and Charlie's prior anti-war expressions to put a bit of a squeeze on the boy. Well, Hoover is definitely someone that we will roast because he yes, that's a dressed good one, up in his, his mom's, uh, you know, uh, he dressed up in his mom's uh, clothes and he was just a fucking weirdo. He's like really? a super conservative pro-America. But then like in the in the background, he was just this fucking weird kinky boy. Oh, he and was like, a Tucker? He was a Tucker. I mean, like, uh. I'm, there's no problem being a weird kinky boy. I'm just saying like, you can't... He notoriously hated people who had fun. Yeah. That's true. Right? Yeah. Charlie's one of them. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, Charlie's attacked- like, oh yeah, I wrote this speech for this, you know, bit. It's a little political, but like, I'm gonna go have a steak after this and have a good time. Right. Jagger mm-hmm. Hoover's just like, you did what? <laughs> yeah, right. All while he's fucking tucking his dick and junk into his fucking pants, like walking around with a mangina. <laughs> oh my You're- god. Your we, dick is supposed to be in your pants, Travis. Dude, my dick is never in my pants. Like, if you know me, my fly is always undone. Thank and it's God, not because of any type of sexual thing. It's just because I'm lazy and I... Just ventilation, forget. right? Yeah, ventilation, you know what I mean? I don't know if you guys know this. You know how, like, when you tuck your balls and penis behind your legs and, and tuck them together, and then you look yeah. from behind, it's called fruit salad? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's also known as a Hoover salad. 
Hoover sounds. Hoover okay, sounds. there we go. Yeah. yeah. A little Hoover suck. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, Charlie did make himself a figurative target when he criticized capitalism and American nationalism on the silver screen. In addition, Hoover would hear that Joan, she was pimped out by Charlie in New York when Charlie was living in L.A. And if you don't know, that violates the shitty Man Act, man having two ends. Right, and, that's the one across state lines that, yeah, AKA, that Chuck Berry was involved in. Yeah, a.k.a. thou shan't cross state lines with women for pervy sexy times. And... Wait, but it's okay to have sexy times with women in state lines? Yes. You just can't, you just, you just can't take them out. It, like, violates the terms of uh, con, uh, I terms of service. About really? Man law. Yeah, it was some, like, backwoods Christian shit where it's just like, well, you're married in this state, so this is the only place you're allowed to fuck. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, just I do know like that, like, Texas? BDSM is illegal in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Do you know that firsthand? Uh, What's going on? I don't know that firsthand, but I'm I just... I'm just... I mean, I have done VD- BDSM in Massachusetts. Oh, was but that in saying, Massachusetts? But it's illegal, so that's why I'm hard. That's why I have like, that's why I have these like um, prison tears tattooed on my face. It's not enforced because you are in the same BDSM club, social club, as Mitt Romney. Uh, He's a good egg. No. Yeah. Like kitten mittens? No, I yeah, wasn't. I wasn't. You were, you were right next to Mitt I was Romney. Not, I was not killing any dogs. If the you, balls well, touch, it's gay. There's seriously states where you cannot fucking like tie someone up because that's like uh, you're, you're robbing you're robbing the fucking railroad. <laughs> what? Okay. What if they want to play the lottery in that? I can moment? see that in like Utah. You can't like tie someone up. Can't do it in fucking Massachusetts, dude. Keep in mind if Hoover gets to have these man act charges stick, uh, that's that's more than two decades in jail for Charlie. And because this is like the fucking Federal Bureau of Investigation, they get to make this into a public fucking fiasco. And Charlie's reputation is fucking tarnished in public light yet again, but more seriously this time. He's seen as like a closet pervert fucking up the American youth, and the government is going to keep fucking close eyes on him because of this. It doesn't actually stick, but, you know, Charlie's on a fucking short leash now because of all the fucking debauchery. So... The feds, like I said, temporarily backed off of the Mann Act violation, but the actual paternity suit is next in line. All right, Joan Barry, pregnant, accuses Charlie of being the baby daddy. She actually gives birth to the baby, a healthy baby girl named uh, Carol Ann, actually. But she takes right. him to court. Okay. They, uh, they get a little bit of uh, chaplain blood out of him. They just wring out his fat dick, and, you know, there's some blood. And blood tests, yeah, I know, it's weird, right? Uh, The blood test came back as there was no way in hell Chaplin could be the father. So just imagine your favorite Maury episode. You know, the little Poindexter comes out of the lab. It's like, you know, the blood doesn't match. He's doing that dance right now. He's like, you are not the father. He's doing the shimmy in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's just ragtime music, and he changes into real baggy pants. He's just (laughs) throwing, gyrating Yeah, he's doing that parachute pants. (laughs) Here's oh the thing, though. Uh, blood tests weren't admissible yet in court, so the judge is like, "Ah, fuck it, you're the dad." Oh man, what a what a simpler time. Oh yeah, way yeah, simpler. Right? And hey, that potato kind of so looks like you. What was the point of the test then? It, it was something Charlie did, like, "Yo, take my blood. Uh, like, this bitch isn't mine." But the judge was like, "Yeah, you know, these don't mean anything yet. Get out of here. You're the dad." <laughs> That's Jeez. what is this science? Jeez. 
That's some fucking Scopes monkey yeah, trial it, shit. It is, Travis. And Charlie ended up having to support Carol Ann until she was 21. I don't know why they didn't stop it at 18 when you're a legal adult. But it's like, no, you, you, you ride this pony till you're 21. And there's actually... Well, thank God he was a millionaire. Yeah, there's actually an entire slew of laws because of this trial that are in effect that's saying, that says like a judge can't overturn blood tests like that anymore. So it was a huge fucking public fiasco and it you know, was not good and fucked up Charlie pretty bad. All right. Now, at least it's over, right? Like, he's out of the courts. He, you know, has his less than favorable verdict. He's out. It's behind him. And there's nothing to do but fuck another underage actress. You know, it's Charlie Chaplin. It's going to happen again. Like, <laughs> nothing to do. Fucking two yeah, weeks. Right? I got nothing to he do. He let it cool off for two weeks and then started fucking Una O'Neill. Jesus I know. Christ, where do they get these names? Yeah, Uno. Uno. Una. Oh, yeah, I just Mir- got Uno. Miriam, Uno, Gonder, whatever her <laughs> name was. It's double O N A. Exactly how you think it's spelled. Una O'Neill. Una. Hmm. Hey, guess what? Um, I only got one dick, Uno. <laughs> Reverse. Someone grabbed it. If I had two, I'd be Doso. Someone Doso grabbed got it. it. It's a good one. All right, she's eighteen, so it's fine. Everything's fine. Uno Neil is eighteen. We're good. Great. Yeah, but he's still like he's still not high. Okay, all right. Let's just pause uh-huh. for a second. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, there's. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh-huh. I'm just. I'm hitting the fucking. I'm hitting the I wall think, right here, right now. I think you Travis I mean? is just saying. I am just saying that, like, if I was forty-five he's years 54. old, 50 fifty-four years old. 54 Charlie's years 54. old. I do not want to get with an 18 no. year old. Because, like, their brain has not developed yet. Yeah, but you don't have sex with their brain. Oh. I know I don't have my sex with their brain. I have sex with their whole. But I'm just saying, like, I don't want to fuck with that person. Because I'm a good guy. Well, look, just to play devil's uh-huh. advocate, uh, let's say you weren't a good guy. Well, my penis would be going everywhere, though. right? <laughs> so Charlie is not a good guy. Thank you for that point, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, then this is how we figure out how there's good guys and bad guys. There you go. Show. Oh my God! This is the only podcast that St. Peter listens to. That's right. Yeah, Thank you. Pretty much. Charlie Chaplin claimed the two had perfect love, and this was it. This was the last wife of Charlie Chaplin's life. They oh, finally settled soulmate. down at the ripe old age of fifty-four. Great. And like I said earlier, Charlie would make his last baby at 73, so there you go. They had eight Getting kids busy. together, by the way. Wow. Mm, wow. Now, didn't he, like, flee to England at this time, uh, though? I don't... Yes. Yeah, well, he... we're, we're, we're getting there. It, it wasn't really him fleeing. It was more or less the U.S. saying, please don't come back ever, but we'll get into that. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Okay. So we have his love life is stabilized. No more statutory rape, no more baby daddy fucking around and shit like this. No more Mexican weddings and divorces. He's good in the wife game. But his uh, film career, not so much. And he gets into a little bit of trouble with his next film entitled Monsieur Vidal. It's French. I hope I nailed that as uh, enunciation. Yeah, we be Madame Pousselle. It was an atypical film. That is how you do French. That's not muzzy. I'm muzzy. It wasn't a t- Travis. No, I am muzzy. Travis Dude, calls shut up. Dick I'm muzzy. muzzy. Yeah, you got you got you call your dick muzzy for other reasons. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, guess what? Uh, you want to learn some verbal 
Some verbal phrases. <laughs> Oral phrases. Can you conjugate this verb for me? Yeah, conjugate my verb right Please. now. Um, there's a king's head. You can go further <laughs> than just conjugating. You can also suck it off. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what Muzzy was trying to get to. He's a big old Oompa Loompa boy. He's like, he's basically the Grimace. That's true. Um, if he was green. And the Grimace always wants to get off by... I mean, I'm not comparing my dick to the Grimace because the Grimace is all children. Buzzy's into adults. Oh, okay. That's the. No, he's that's not. He teaches children. <laughs> no, he teaches adults. You know, Cody, I, mean, I want you to continue. I don't want to. No, the to commercial continue. was all false. That's fake news. All right. Muzzy Cody teaches yeah, yeah. adults. Monsieur Verdun. Cody, why don't you keep it going? And it was an atypical film for Charlie, as it was a darker comedy that didn't feature the tramp, and the plot revolved around sex and moida. And it was also chock full of lefty sentiments. The film was booed at its 1947 premiere. Charlie, state, oh, yeah, wow. Charlie started receiving agitated flack as a dirty lefty communist for all this war bad sentiments he's spewing around. And mm-hmm. Charlie openly held communism, openly held that communism was the antidote to fascism, which, you know, is kind of true because, like, the Russians fucking stamped out the Nazis at the tail of World War II. Well, it, it's true. it's an answer. It's the, not to the Charlie answer. was the answer. Like it was like yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like I get it. And also, I'm I'm gonna assume that that the premiere of this film was the first movie Bill O'Reilly saw. <laughs> Charlie was no. Well, I mean, no. That's not the first movie that Bill O'Reilly saw. The first movie that Bill O'Reilly saw was like check out this eagle fucking sucking off this fucking <laughs> <laughs> this freedom snake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what he saw. He's like, oh, don't step on me. Guess what? This eagle can give that snake some head. Yeah, don't, the the title of the film, Don't Step on Me, Please Suck on Me. Oh, I like that. It's catchy. That's the first movie that Bill O'Reilly saw. That's good stuff. Or that or Birth of a Nation. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) I don't want to go that dark. Okay. I mean, we've done everything else this podcast. Charlie sympathized with Soviet groups and wanted the U.S. to directly cooperate and support the Soviet troops. Charlie went to parties with Soviet diplomats and socialized in suspected communist circles. And be mindful, this is amidst the Red Scare, suspicions mounted, and in 1947, an official investigation into Charlie Chaplin was opened. It was McCarthy-era fucking bullshit all around. Yeah, McCarthy's another fucking piece of yeah. shit. So he was a communist? He's suspected of being no, one he, he might be. Uh, he might be a functional communist, but, like, at the end of the day, is that really such a bad thing? Like, you know, it's America. Your political views are yours. Yeah. You know, he, he wants an end of fascism. He wants war to stop. He's, you know, he's for the everyman, which is a very Soviet thing to uh, be behind. So... Your Charlie's being all fucking lefty, and of course, who comes knocking at his door other than the House of Un-American Activities? And your boy Charlie's sitting there like, you know, Charlie's getting flack for not doing his bit as an American. And Charlie's sitting there like, I'm no fucking American, you asshole. <laughs> like, I'm British, and I've never said yes to yeah, citizenship. you're not doing your part, which is also yeah. bullshit. He's like, oh. the House of Un-American Activities is yeah. the, the silliest thing. It's a and real thing. I it's really funny to think that adults made that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. It's like, what, what is wrong with this fucking country that that even happened in? The Red yeah, Scare. Yeah, even that was a real thing. It's not real yeah. anymore, It Mike. was uh, McCarthyism. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not around anymore. Thank God. It could, could be soon. We'll yeah, find it's, out. It's called being banned from Twitter. <laughs> That's Yeah, and job mobbed. Mm-hmm. And while premiering his latest movie in London, Monsieur Vidal, I think I've said that, pronounced that differently all three times now, Charlie's permission for re-entry into the U.S. was revoked. 
just outright like don't come back wait this is all because of this is all because of spider-man 3 on dvd yeah <laughs> because of this is all because he did spider-man 3 with him. like i am that was so toe for grace i think actually and then no this is charlie chaplin he did like i am so high and then like 9-11 happened and they were like hey we gotta change this whole fucking advertising got it <laughs> Because Spider-Man cannot be hanging between the two twin towers. No, he can't. That's bad. That's bad PR. No. And that's, that's that's why Hitler happened, and that's why, like, you... Dude, Charlie Chaplin, stay out. That's the one part of 9-11 they want everyone to forget. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Charlie has his permission to re-enter the U.S. revoked, and he's just like, fuck that, fuck your whole country, I don't need to come back. And he didn't want to answer for any of his fucking political actions, views, or relationships. So he holed up in good old Switzerland. I mean, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have no, to answer to anything. It's America. No. Yeah. As soon as he goes, oh, I'm sorry, that means he's wrong. So he goes to jail. Yeah. Well, he has to answer at least. That was kind of the deal. Like, come come to our board, say your piece, explain yourself, and we'll let you back in. But Charlie's like, I don't need to come back in. Right. Yeah, but if he says his piece, he's never gonna get back on top. Now I'm not. I know he didn't get back on top, really. But at the same time, you have no, no. shot at it. No, no, no. As soon as you go, oh yeah, sorry, I did that. Instead, yes, instead of apologizing, Charlie's next film, entitled "A King in New York," would blast the American lifestyle. He would take jabs at consumerism, rampant plastic surgery, and abusive McCarthyism. Chaplin banned all American journalists from the film's Parisian premiere. And also refused to release the film on American soil. Great. So, so far, like, all right, I understand he's, like, banging underage chicks. That's not no. cool. And I understand he's kind of a little weenie head. But, like, this sounds awesome. To blast the man from Switzerland? To me. What? what uh, why? Why is because this he's awesome? Like, Yo, dude, America it's, sucks. It's a Suck thing. My penis. It's, a, it's a reaction. It's not awesome. It's just what he did. Do you know what? He's like, suck my hard chaplain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and America's like, I don't know if I can handle your your so- even your soft oh, chaplain so big. penis. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle even your soft chaplain penis. So just like, oh, we don't want to deal with you. Just go away. Just go away. He's like, guess what? Now it's hard. Now I'm in Switzerland. Now it's hard. And they're like, and they're like, oh, we want to check it out. Whoa, whoa, let me do a review of your 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 hard penis. And they're like, oh, guess what? You're not allowed. You're not even allowed this show. Okay. <laughs> this is. I mean, I follow you. I'll say, <laughs> yeah, I, fo- right? I do yeah, follow you. For the sake of time, I do too, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and me too. Thank you, Mike. You're the, you're our golden boy. All right. So, uh, who who knows anything about Marlon Brando? Oh, I did a whole yeah, show Yeah, episode 18. It was a good one. You remember it? Oh, you know the number. <laughs> uh, I remember that he ate ice cream out of the barrel. <laughs> and he, he ate a frog. <laughs> All right. He did eat a frog. Yeah, he's a, he a, quite a man. Yeah, go, go listen to episode yeah. 18 when we're done here. But in 67, the two uh, collaborated on the film uh, A Countess from Hong Kong. The two would collaborate on A Countess from Hong Kong, working closely together. And Brando uh, spit out a biography, an autobiography, if you will, of the ordeal. And it cast Chaplin in a very, very shitty light. 
Chaplin was still a dipshit perfectionist, but it was also revealed that he mistreated cast and crew, even for the smallest misstep. Uh, Brando would write down in his memoirs that Chaplin was, quote-unquote, a fearsomely cruel man, probably the most sadistic man I've ever met, an egotistical tyrant and a penny-pincher. Yes. Really? The fucking tell-all tale. I mean, I guess I we kind of got a flavor of that when he did a fucking take for two, 200 347 times, times to be right? Yeah, I'm just going to... Mike, why are you laughing I, I missed that, God Mike. Why damn are you it. laughing? Uh, nothing. <laughs> no, you're laughing at me. I know. I'm just doing some weird fucking head moves, dude. I'm drunk. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know. I'm like a Spider-Man. So... Here's where we see his most telling verbal abuse of Sidney, his second-born son, if you don't count the Quasimodo hunchback of Little Mouse. Now, I'm quoting this directly, but I'm no, I'm not. I'm quoting this from Brando, who is quoting Chaplin. So this is like a second-hand account. Sidney, you are so stupid. Do you have enough brains to place your hand on a doorknob? You know what a doorknob is, don't you? All you do is turn the doorknob, open the door, and enter. Isn't that easy, Sidney? So, just tired. Like his son was an actor. Sydney was an actor, and he's going on this tirade because he missed a cue with his acting, forgetting to put his hand on a doorknob. And Una, you know, the current wife till the end, never dared to defend Sydney, leading people to be- believe that this abusive behavior was unchecked from Chaplin. Like no one told him to back off. And Sydney would eventually confess that Charlie's verbal abuse extended to all of his children, and was just endured as par for the course. Hmm. All right. Well, that whole scene you just painted a picture of brought me to that Home Depot aisle where they have all the doorknobs oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. And explaining what doorknobs do and how they be. <laughs> Sydney, come on. I don't know why that's my Chaplin voice. That's a good Thank voice, you. though. Uh, Brando was screamed at by Chaplin as well. Charlie figuratively climbed up Brando's ass, publicly berating him and humiliating him in front of cast and crew. And all fucking Brando did was just show up 15 oh, minutes late to call time. So... You are you fat. Are. You are big fat. Where are your pants? That Stop sucks it, Charlie, on frog penises. You roll down the hills from Studio City right into here, and you, <laughs> you can't even get here on time because you get stuck between palm trees. Jesus you Christ. fat weenie. Very good. Wow. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's like, uh, I, will, I will roll, I'll roll you. you like my R's. I will roll you down this building. Now, unbeknownst to Charlie, A Countess from Hong Kong would unfortunately be his final film. As shortly after it released, Charlie Chaplin started stroking out a little bit here and there. Wait, like stroking? Yes, with stroking his with his penis or... brain stem. <laughs> okay, like oh, brain, brain stroking, stroking. Yes, okay. and this would be the herald of his deteriorating health from the rest of his life. 1972 rolls around and American politics and media finally see past this non-American, un-American bullshit that is Charlie Chaplin, and they offer him an honorary award from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, you know, usually shortened up to just the Academy when people take their Oscars. Yeah. I didn't even know he lived into the 70s. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. He, he, yeah, he was it's a weird, right? If fuck. you think about that, it's a pretty long I've him just fucking forever. Well, like Travis said before, if you watch an old people in in uh, any kind of black and whitey thing, you just assume they're bones. Yeah, long before color mm-hmm. television. But they still could be hot though. As bo- as oh, a pile of bones, bones, Travis. Hot, hot bones. bones. You heard it here. 
No, I'm just saying though. You see some of those chicks, and like you're like, oh, yeah, oh, thigh bone. I have the mm-hmm. papers. Oh, and you're like I'd bone that, and you're like that person is either 102 years old or dead. Sometimes both. <laughs> There are sometimes both. So the dying Charlie Chaplin visited America and accepted his ward. You know, finally going back, getting together like that. Uh, you know, your cool ex-girlfriend that's like, "Oh, I miss you, baby." Mm-hmm. He was given a twelve-minute standing ovation, the longest in history, by the way. Was he in a wheelchair uh, by then? I remember I saw something where he got rolled yep. out in a wheelchair. By the mid seventies, he suffered more strokes still and was wheelchair-bound, nearly non-communicating. Okay. Oh, so they basically rolled this potato ass up on there, and he held the thing, and then no one—he didn't talk. Obviously, this was uh, shortly after was when he suffered his strokes that made him wheelchair bound. He was able to stand and say thank you at the Academy Awards. However, he was not spry enough uh, to kneel for the Queen of England when he was knighted, and an exception (laughs) was—he was knighted. Knighted? An exception was made during his knighting as he couldn't manage to kneel. He accepted knighthood in a seated position in his wheelchair, which is a little bit of a rule-breaking, but hey, it's the Queen and Charlie Chaplin. Um, I mean, knights hey. are supposed to fight. If you can't get up out of the chair, I'm also talking to Stephen Hawking right now. He can't hear uh, you. You ain't no oh, knight. Hey, guess what, uh, Queenie? If you want to, like, knight me, I know Giuliani got oh. a knighthood, but he got that bitch-ass knighthood where he's like, oh, I'm not really a knight because I'm American. If you want to knight me and just, like, full-on knight me, dude... I will take it, dude. Why? I will take it. If you want to peg me, Queen Vi- Queen Elizabeth, if you want to peg me in order for me to like be a knight. And that's how that works nowadays. It. That's cool. These are weird times. I think, well, we have definitely learned something tonight so far, which is Travis just wants to get fucked in the ass by a bag of bones. <laughs> you heard it. Dude, I'm saying if I need to get English fucking civil civilization, civil, 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 civil service, what? Uh, from Queen Victoria and from Queen... No, Queen... What are those things? Queen things. Queens. Then I will just get pegged for you. I, I'm going to point out something for the wow. audience. Every time I make an observation about Travis that is so astute, so there, <laughs> he's he goes, dude, I'm just saying. It's it's a good counter. It's a good counter maneuver. <laughs> it's not a counter. He's welcoming it. But Let him like, it. He's, dude, he's putting his caveats down. If I, say, if I say Travis likes red slides, he goes, well, dude, I'm just saying, like, you know, the red slides got to be there. You know, I just got to make my ass feel comfy all the way down it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly what I said. All right. Well, Tom, would you not get pegged by, like, the Queen of England? No. <laughs> you wouldn't? No. Like, just to be like, is there yo, a dude, I got pegged by the Queen of England. Or is he just asking to be queen by roy- uh, pegged by royalty? Dude, fuck, fuck the Queen. Fuck royalty. I'll I'll kick her down the stairs for you. Yeah, but you're basically getting kicked down the stairs by getting your asshole pummeled. I don't want like, that's that. That's a great story. You know I don't I mean? want that. I'm not I'm not romantically attached to the idea of someone paying for her to live in a big house. I just think that is a good story. She's not even a good looking old bar. Now maybe maybe Judy Dench. Oh hey, yeah. Maybe, but let's <laughs> keep Judy moving Dench. here. <laughs> She's a good looking old woman. I mean Judy Dench is a great looking old What about like uh what, Aaron Brakovich? What's her name? Nah. Julia Roberts? Who's She's that? like 40 years younger than them. Julia Roberts. She's 50. We're talking about people in their 90s right now. Yeah, but she also looks fucking haggard. I don't know. Like, she's always looked haggard. All right, let's get back to Charlie Chaplin, because this is getting ridiculous. Okay. 
This Hollywood talk. We're we're schmoozing, dude. I'm on the West Coast. We're schmoozing. We're schmoozing with each other. <laughs> we're, but throwing, I... we're throwing all these like words out. We're throwing all these names out, you know? Travis. All right. All right. Travis, <laughs> use your last two brain cells and ask me how he died. I have seven of them, you so name each shut up. Them? How did <laughs> Charlie Chaplin die? <laughs> Christmas morning of 1977, Charlie got the oh, present, present of one last stroke and expired at the age of 88. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. That's a yeah. That's a long life of life of early pussies. Yeah. <laughs> early pussies is is that what we just called underage fucking? Okay, cool. Yeah. I guess Travis Travis is trying to prove uh, something right now, which is he hates underage so much that he only wants to f be fucked by old. Yeah, age. bones. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who would? All right, tweet at me. Talk at me. Talk at the show this tomorrow. Dude, who would not get pegged by the queen? All of your co-hosts. man child. I wouldn't get pegged by the I queen. Can, I can't think of any one of my friends who would be interested except yeah. for you. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, guess what? That's a great story at the bar. Be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to win $20. Guess what? Uh, uh, bet you haven't been no, pegged haven't. by the queen. Do, do you get any money out of it? How much guess money? Would, I did. Did she give you any money, the queen? Or? Do you get the crown jewel? Or is it just a pegging? Yeah, you get like I get like a a souvenir, know, one, like a, one, a one of diamond. This is something. ridiculous. This is the worst way to end. Oh, we're an not episode. done yet. We, were we just have talking a little about more. Charlie Chaplin. Cody, I want more from you, Travis. All right, he's dead and gone, but we're not through the fuckery just quite yet. March of 1978, a year after he died, a few months after he died, actually, a Polish auto mechanic named Roman Wardas and his Bulgarian assistant Gancho Ganev. Just fucking dig up Charlie Chaplin and hold him for a ransom. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Your body? Oh, man, those goddamn Polish yeah, Polish people. auto mechanics. We don't have any Polish listeners, so yeah. it's fine. Who cares? The great... You know what? I think if you had to do a pierogi, I would want to... You want to get Chaplin. pegged by a pierogi? What was that? <laughs> yeah, who wants to bite into a pierogi that has 670 hairs in it? Oh, that looks like a human mustache. A, a tiny toothbrush one. <laughs> The grave robbers dug him up, demanded an equivalent of $600,000 from Sydney, Charlie's favorite punching bag. Oh, wow. And Sydney promptly replied, so what, and hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah. You oh, fuck yeah. Sydney's the hero yeah, of the story. Sydney walked away without involving the police. He's just like, you keep it. $600,000 is a lot. And then the grave robbers had to solicit Una O'Neill. For the same sum of money, $600,000. She was the one that had to get the local bobbies on the case. And okay. after some wiretapping and some field surveillance, the British police led a successful sting against the perpetrators and recovered Charlie's corpse in a nearby cornfield. But it was too late. Wait, where was he buried <laughs> London. originally? London. Yeah, the, okay. He's in a cornfield in probably tr uh, Kent or whatever. It was only ten, 10 or 12 steps away from Joe Pesci's body from ah, Goodfellas. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, right in Essex, England. You know, <laughs> where basically any Italian, any respectable Italian used to. <laughs> but it was too late. Charlie was already still dead. Damn. That was a joke, Mike. The two grave robbers wrote an apology letter to Una before being shipped off to prison. Una would eventually forgive them. The Polish guy got 4.5 years in the slammer, and the Bulgarian guy got one and a half years in the slammer. That's nothing. For grave robbing? Nah. That's, that's it. 
Nah, it's fine. Especially a guy like Charlie Chap's oh, body. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot, kind of. Charlie Chapstick. Ooh. Rub all of your body and face. Get the smoothest lips on the world. Charlie Chapstick. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. There you go. That's Charlie Chaplin. Rest all the peace. fuckery that was a womanizer, uh, egomaniacal filmmaker, abusive husband and father, target of Japanese terrorists, crooked politicians, and money-grabbing baby mamas. I'm just saying, I'm I'm hard as hell right now. I'm like so erect. Like, you could put so many Charlie Chaplin quotes on my penis. Charlie like, Chaplin, you probably do. You probably do like a whole film. Like if we work it around. Like uh, I know a lot of people aren't seeing the video, but like my penis head is blocking my face. Right now. <laughs> that is obscene as fuck. Jeez. Yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. Right? I hate it. I hate All it so seven much. tentacles. Yeah, um, no, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to do regular things, and I don't mean to make things sexual, but you know, you just can't help it. You slippery bastard, you, <laughs> you, you motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so look. Uh, here we are. We just finished Charlie Chaplin. We'll wrap this one up. We know this Ooh, was a yeah. long episode, so thank you for tuning in to uh, roast mortem coverage of Charlie yep. Chaplin. Cody, thank you for doing no that research. Beautiful yeah, thanks, stuff. Cody. Uh, yeah. Um, thank awesome. you, thank you. Mike, thank you for showing up. Travis, what, what are thank you doing? Thank you for hanging in there. <laughs> I spilled some of my drink. I'm just trying to be a nice hockey gazebo and, and throw it onto my wall. Beautiful. Fuck? Okay, so there's Travis. Yeah. Uh doing his thing. He wants to get pegged by the queen. Uh -huh. uh, follow us <laughs> on social media shit. I don't want to do it. Roast Mortem Cast. I'm off the Dude, grid. no, we got to talk about our social media. Okay, Tom is an idiot. So, basically, you go to tomisanidiot.com. I think it was .gov last you time. You could go to Roast Mortem Cast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Snapchat, I email. You got a Snapchat now. We got the Snapchat wait, Tom, now. Wait, Mike, Mike, Mike runs the Snapchat? Yeah. Snapchat. Are you sending so. dicks to people? Yeah, if you want me to send you a picture of my dick no. to you, Snap. The Snapchat name is Roast Mortem Cast. Roast Mortem Cast. So you can yeah. um, maybe I'm maybe that right. Just be like a screen cap of this roast mortem that we've done, and you just see my king's head because it's just blocking my face. Yeah, it's great. Um, I also so, the most important you know. the the most important oh. one is the Patreon. <laughs> Got it. Check out Patreon. You like the show? Pay us for it. If you don't. Continue to listen anyway, because what, what, what are we yeah. going to do? What are we going to do here? <laughs> Let's be oh, honest. Man. Charlie Chaplin didn't do nothing. I'm going to do something and say we can't do nothing. There you go. What was that? Yeah, so right that's the end of the show. You can look on us on other things, but, you know, you'll figure that yeah, yourself. Yeah. Just Google like exists. Do an internet. Bye. Peace. Love you. Oh, no. Peace out. Yeah, bye. Oh, I know. Ah, uh, Travis just dropped. That's lovely sounding. Yeah, tr Travis is drunker than usual. All right, Dick Shane, everybody. Dick Shane, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Bye. Jesus Christ. Bye.